Oh, you guys are just a bunch of skeptics and jerk-offs. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Thursday, May 16, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 513. This is No Agenda. Enjoying my pre-paranoia diagnosis here in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo and Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill Wow! That was one of the tightest openings we've ever done. Huh? Except you, you know, you said whatever you said twice, but otherwise tight. Yeah, but it was tight. It It was tight. It was tight. It was tight. Can we have a little meeting right here at the start of the show? Okay. Um. So, uh, Dame Lizzie, you're familiar with Dame Lizzie's work? Yeah. Dame Lizzie. Shut up, slave. This is Dame uh, Lizzie's work. So she's uh, she's checked back in. With our new slogan, and uh, but I have three versions, and I'm not sure which one we need to use. Mm. So um, I think I know which one I like best. What but, uh, is our new slogan? No agenda, like a kick to the crotch. It's <laughs> not our new slogan. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's like a kick to the crotch. That is definitely our new slogan. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I think uh, her handler is uh, working on her. Here's our handler. Go a little bit slower. Oh, there you go. Ready? This is take two. No agenda, like a kick to the crotch. <laughs> and then we have the third one. No agenda show, like a kick to the crotch. So which yes, one? Do you... The third one. Third one? one. That's what I thought. Okay. Third one is it? Good. 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 That, that is our new slogan, isn't it? I thought that was in the in the previous meeting. <laughs> Thing is usable. Ah, <laughs> uh, anything happen? No, not really. No. <laughs> there was a. Um, I think a lot of these things have been dragging on. But I, I, I did get a, a funny little thing though on the Benghazi deal. I didn't pick up on mm-hmm. until I was listening. In fact, again, I was just I was going to make this a drunk or not drunk clip. <laughs> okay. But I yeah. started. It was, a, it was a Peter King. Oh, and, yeah. And I couldn't tell if he was. I, I concluded that when you watched him, he looked drunk. But when you listened to him, well, actually, let's, let's, he just seemed like Peter let's do, King. Let's do the jingle anyway. Drunk or not drunk? Okay, just so. All right. So, but as I listened to him, there was a little tidbit in there that I, I, I maybe you caught it when it came around, but I don't remember it. But it seemed as though. Uh, well, play the clip, and then we'll we'll talk about the tidbit. State after he uh, left the CIA, mm-hmm. uh, and it was reported in the media that he said that from the very first moment he believed this was a terrorist attack. And uh, obviously, we know what the State Department people on the ground said that it was a, a terrorist attack. I believe that there was a narrative put out by the White House early on, which has worked its way in from the start. Because Petraeus himself said later on he thought it was terrorist from the start. We know from the testimony of the people on the ground that they thought it was terrorist. We know that Ambassador Stevens thought it was a terrorist right. attack. So. Again, I think this raises questions about the CIA, CIA, and also you have Mike Morrell making these changes, apparently over the objections of David Petraeus, who's the director. So how does Morrell, the number two guy, get to make the changes when the director thinks that these changes should not be made? There does seem to be some discrepancy there, but it also seems, I mean, to ask you the question, are we ever going to find out who put those words in spontaneously inspired by protests at the U.S. Embassy in Cairo? Because, of course, by this trail, it appears that that is what the CIA was done with and handed over for conversation. So it appears to back up the White House's assertion that that came from the CIA. You know, I, I did see this, 
And um, uh, when he when he said the when Peter King talked about the number two guy overruling David Petraeus, I thought that there was going to smoke was going to come out of uh, uh, Burnett's ears for a moment yeah. there. She was like, yeah, so, uh, and in fact, she was probably getting instructions. That's why it took her a while to respond. Could be. She definitely changed. Did never even wanted to talk about it. No, but it it seems to me. For one thing, it's kind of coincidental that uh, this guy, the number two guy who ended up taking over for a little short time, uh, was was on board with whatever the program was. Yeah. Petraeus was not. And Petraeus then, next thing you know, he's ousted. Yeah, gee. We've, so, we've so almost Petraeus forgotten about that. He's actually the honest man here, for all we know. Oh, I, I think he is. Um, there's there's a lot going. Well, I mean, honest. <laughs> as honest uh, as you can get. with relative. When you have a 35 motorcycle motorcade, you know, you got bitches everywhere. I mean, yeah, it's like within within reason of what it is. Because <laughs> that, you know, all these guys are insane. They're all just out of control, completely, complete whack jobs. Yeah. Uh, and so many guys have retired from the from the armed forces. You know, we, we've been tracking this. Generals, uh, major generals, retiring without a huge party. It's not done in in the regular world. You know, it's like they're supposed to be flyovers. You know, F sixteens, three thousand gun salutes. You know, they're like, oh, <clears throat> I'm just retiring. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. But this is related, I believe, and um, and you can uh, put this in the book. This uh, IRS gate thing. Uh, this is a setup. This is a setup of massive magnitude, and the majority of Republicans are walking right into the trap. So this, um, for those of you who haven't been following, uh, turns out, uh, gee, who figured the Internal Revenue Service, uh, the tax uh, collection uh, and enforcement arm of the United States of Gitmo Nation government, um, has been targeting groups, and of course, this is nothing new. Uh, this has been this goes on in every country. I mean, I've had it happen to me everywhere that I've lived in the, in the UK, but pr- particularly the Netherlands, where it was used to shut me up because uh, uh, I was a, a pain in the ass to the aviation community, to the established aviation community. Um, uh, it gets used everywhere. This is this is nothing new, and and I will remind you that in 2010. The Internal Revenue Service uh, decided that uh, their agents needed to have Remington shotguns. So <laughs> they're armed. These guys are very, very armed, and they can um, cause a lot of trouble to your life. I am not afraid of any organization in the United States except for the IRS because they have so much power. They can freeze your bank accounts. They can uh, walk right into your home, essentially. They can do whatever they want. This is, the, you know, they're, they're the collection arm of the mob, of the organized mob. And for this, you know, so it's this this uh, singling out of Tea Party um, uh, nonprofits and for extraneous um, questioning and making the process very difficult, which I'm not against, by the way. I think we have a culture of nonprofits in this country, which is out of control. It has to stop. Everyone's got a freaking nonprofit. I'm starting one. Yeah, no, you can't because you know. Then Sorry. you're you're starting one. The only way to go. It is, I mean, everybody in Austin. I will say, there's a lot of. It's like, hey, we, it was a, uh, Ms. Mickey and I went to a thing yesterday, uh, a local art gallery, but really cool. You know, and she and uh, she knows the guy very well, and so 
we're talking, a guy introduces himself to us, and or we got introduced to him. He's like, yeah, I know, I, I put on shows, and uh, it's a nonprofit for Austin Game and Wildlife. You know, I was like, and, and so, the, of course, the next question is, you know, give me some of your art so we can display it for a good cause. And I'm sick and tired of this crap. I'm sick and tired of all these nonprofits because it's all one or two person companies who don't want to pay tax, who wind up you know, producing events for you know for big companies am i right or right it's it, this yeah, is what yeah, it is that's it's, why i want to start one it's an it's an insult I it really understand what what your what your problem is. <laughs> let me move on to the real issue so this is not an unknown thing that this has been going on since 2010 probably um 2011 this is known this is this has been brought to the attention of congress uh, members of congress this is all of a sudden now um we have some very interesting events. We have on Friday a conference call that takes place where the IRS decides it's a good idea to admit to this. Okay? So hold on. Please stop for one moment. This Lois, her name, uh, forget her last name. She yeah. decides it's a great idea to say, oh, by the way, we really apologize for doing this. Now, you don't, now, I don't care. Certainly the IRS, you just don't do this. You don't say to, to journalists, ah, oh, gee, I'm really sorry. We uh, did something highly illegal, potentially illegal. We're sorry. And then we have this whole brouhaha. The president's like, oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. This is, I'm angry. I'm outraged. And then we make the guy who was set to retire in June anyway, the acting commissioner. He's not, he's not like a confirmed dude the acting commissioner of the IRS, who wrote a letter to his uh, IRS employees saying, gee, you know, my term's coming to an end. Sorry, I, I got to go, but uh, nice working with you. It's tough times for the IRS. The president says, oh, I asked for his resignation, and he gave it to me. The guy, or oh, he's resigned. It, it, his term ended. So this is like my favorite. Have you seen pictures of this guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a character. It's, oh yeah. He's a and you can't find. He's not even in the book of knowledge. No, no, he's just Mr. Like, hey, okay, I did my job. That's right. So he had, Stephen T. Miller is his name. You can't find the guy. You know, you go to the the, the IRS uh, wiki page. Everyone has an entry except for this guy. Page not found. You, you know, you, and, yep, he's been in the IRS. You know, uh, coincidentally at the harassment department. Anyway, let me tell you what's going on here. So Benghazi is the is the real, true, only scandal that is taking place. And we know why, because it was a setup. The setup was to have the ambassador kidnapped and for the president to, uh, you know, command the troops and all the resources of the United States and save him in time for the elections. And it was going to be kind of his throwback to the Carter uh, to the Carter days and fix everything and make it all great. And we had the Argo movie. Everything was planned perfectly. But then, and, and I'm still convinced Ambassador Stevens knew about this and something goes horribly wrong. I think that they, someone didn't clue in the CIA guys who were there, which may be why Petraeus had to go or maybe why he was overruled because the CIA guys were fighting back at this CIA place. It was not a consulate. It was a CIA annex. Um, so this is the real scandal, and the reason why this IRS thing is now pushed to the front is because what will come out, and it's Max Baucus, I will point out, who will be running the investigation, Democrat, uh, Democrat senator, it will come out that the Republicans were doing this because the true grand old party, the Republicans, 
They're the ones that needed to hijack the Tea Party movement. We we recognize this almost from the get go. Where yeah, we we uh, when the Tea Party first started splintering because the original Tea Party was we had was Ron a, Paul. A couple of our knights were original Tea Partiers, mm-hmm. and this thing was going off the rails real. Oh fast with these uh some of these politicos getting involved in fact running some candidates up in the in the uh, new england area and losing yep. and then you then you had these commercial operations like tea party express mm-hmm. is one of them mm-hmm. there's a couple others it just looked like the whole thing was co-opted and and it was and the original the, the, the it was originally kind of a it wasn't even a drinking club. The, the it was first it was party. ron paul's boston tea party that's yeah, how it, it was, started oh, and everything was about ron paul yeah and then they, the Republicans had to stop that and nip that. In the right. Bed. So so you'll notice they didn't stop the Tea Party Express. They went at the Republicans in Congress. I guarantee you this is going to come out. This will be the death knell for the 2014 elections. And it's going to come out slowly. This is why you see uh, Issa knows. He knows. I'm sure he may be complicit. And he's trying to back off a little bit. He's trying. He's continuously trying to steer towards anything but the IRS gate, if you will. It's going to come out that it was Republicans in Congress who um, suggested or asked the IRS to create this BOLO list. I love the name, BOLO, the be on the lookout, <laughs> the BOLO list, um, for words like patriot, Make the country better for the true Americans who really care. This is this is what's so disgusting about the whole thing, is that regardless of whether you think it was the Democrats, the president, and I'm convinced it was the Republicans themselves, these guys they're, they're elitist a holes themselves, and they wanted to stop any true patriotic. Uh, movement, true patriotic movement, and they're the ones that went after all of these small groups, which you'll see are two and three man nonprofit shops who really, really thought they were part of something, trying to change the process in the previous two elections, but certainly the previous election, um, and uh, and they will burn for it. They will burn for it. This is not. The White House. The White House, of course, the White House is always involved in crap like that. But this is a setup from this president who all of a sudden is like, oh, we got to get to the bottom of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you bet we're going to get to the bottom of it. And you'll see it's the Republicans. That's a good one. I'm convinced. And I agree with the basic thesis because the Republicans do not like these Tea Partiers because they're used as as a straw man by the Democrats, too. As like, oh, look at these guys, they're racist, and all Republicans are racist. I mean, it just doesn't fit into the scheme of exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. And, and it never has, and right from the beginning when it was a Ron Paul movement, and then you'd go to you'd watch a CPAC meeting, and they'd have a straw poll who they think should be president. Ron it was Paul. Always, always Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. Yep. Every time, except this last time. Gee. And so the, every time Ron Paul was – so Ron Paul had – he was like messing up the place by being, you know, talking about the Tenth Amendment and about, you know, about uh, various uh, constitutional ideas. By the way, play the Rachel Maddow thing. She is part of, you know, she's fitting right into this thing. She had taken a look, and 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 Lawrence O'Donnell is also another one who's got some half <laughs> no, no. baked. They, they, John, I'm convinced. If they don't already know, they're going to know. And and they're going to be let in into the game. They have to be. They're going to be let into yeah, the they're game. The ones that go to the special meetings. Yes, and they're go. And you you put it in the book. This I know that it's. I know it sounds crazy. You know, I'm the guy who called the Pope, and you know all this stuff. 
So I know I sound crazy. I'm just, you might want to slip it in the book because this will come out. Got it, it in there and I it's, got your initials. It's, <laughs> my monogram. My monogram. The AC next to your predictions. All right, here's Matt Already insisted that they revise the criteria that the IRS was using to make it more ideologically neutral. Six months later, in January of this past year, the IRS again revised its criteria that it was using to decide on what level of scrutiny these different groups would get. And this, we learned today, was the new criteria they started using as of January of last year. I'm going to put it up on the screen so you can see it for yourself in terms of the actual language that we've got about it. This is being widely described today in the reporting on this scandal as being a set of criteria that obviously still targeted conservatives. I don't actually read it that way at all. I mean, if you're going after groups that are talking about either limiting or expanding government, kind of seems to me that is ideologically neutral and therefore proper. Okay. So that she says limiting or expanding. She doesn't, she has the thing up on the, on the, on the screen. She doesn't read the next clause in the sentence. Oh. Which says, and educate the public oh. about the Constitution <laughs> and the Bill of Rights. Exactly. Which is totally what everybody's against. Yeah. We don't want that. We can't have that happening. Are you, are you insane? We can't have people understanding what their rights are. No, 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 no. We'll have none of that. No, we can't have any of that. <laughs> that would be a huge mistake. <laughs> so I'm watching this, listening to her. I'm going, what is this? Anybody buy into this crap of this? Woman? Yes. No. Oh, oh, God, John. Uh, we don't have a dinner party. Oh, we do have a dinner party coming up. I think uh, the 26th at the, the brain surgeon's house, the brain surgeon, the brain professor's house. It'll be it'll be phenomenal to hear it. I mean, and you've got and, and the whole thing is just I got a clip from uh, this is pretty funny. Uh, the Julian Bond, he's the is he the chairman of the NAACP? Uh, he's been involved in all this. He used to be the, uh, I think he was a mayor of Atlanta. He's a very very famous politician from from Georgia. Oh, he is a politician though. Oh yeah. Okay, here's what he had to say about the Tea Party. Chairman Bond, what do you think that the fallout will be for the Obama administration, especially during a time where uh, the Tea Party had maybe lost a little air? Do you think that this is going to help inflate that, especially as we ramp up to the midterms for 2014? I hope not. I hope they don't get any more air. You know, they are the Taliban wing of American <laughs> politics. And we all ought to be a little worried about them. Oh, Sir, do you think that's a little harsh, calling them the Taliban wing of American <laughs> politics? Not at all. Not at all. The truth may hurt, but it's the truth. That's right. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that to me is like that. Now there's a dude. Yeah, that, they're blowing stuff up. He does not Where's give a suicide a bomber department. He does not give a crap. That guy. <laughs> like, yeah, that, no, that's the truth. Hurts, man. They're, they're the Taliban. The truth hurts. Of the Taliban. <laughs> oh, fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely. Run this stuff. Go, well, do you think you're being over the top here? No, <laughs> no not at all. Okay. It's right on target. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, hey, what's with the? Um, this happened again. What's you know? Since everyone's under investigation these days, what's with the weird PayPal messages that are popping up when people uh, uh, donate to the show? I don't know. So I got another. Did you see the, the email this morning? Yeah, there's another one that came in. So, so people donate to the show, and then it says they get a message which says, "Your donation is being reviewed for compliance with regulations. Could take 24 to 72 hours." 
Well, I mean, what you'd think of normally with the PayPal is that they're just doing something to hold on to the money so they can collect some interest. But I think <laughs> oh, this yeah, has something help. to do with this IRS investigation. It has to. Well, I think, isn't the word donation like a big flag now? Is not a problem, even though, of course, we pay taxes. We're not a nonprofit because it's called a donation. Is that an issue? I think we're going to just change the, well, they don't have any, any buttons for contributions. It's just donation. Yeah, they have a donate button, a subscribe button, and that's about it. Uh, a pay button. I think we could change the, the the buttons to pay or something like. I mean, we don't use the buttons, of course. We, well, we but, use uh, but, email links, right? But the but the the PayPal system calls it a donation, so it doesn't matter what your button is called. Right, and I've been told by the guys who are there that know about what we're doing. Oh, don't worry about uh, it. They keep saying that. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, we, we 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 know what you're up to. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, when a pilot says, "Watch this." It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Mr. D.C. Borat. Open up the door, Jim Mr. Adam Curry. Open up the door, Mr. Curry. Now. I'm telling you, we're, uh, we're getting audited. Uh, for, sure. audited. for sure. For well, sure. I've been audited so many times. It's, it's funny at this point. My wife does a job on, they, she does, she puts like, she had, the way our books are done is she's got, uh, Post-it notes and little paper clips and all kinds <laughs> of just I know. tons of excess information <laughs> that you know that she's always ready for it. Right, yeah, we can prove that. And then the the key to success with getting audited is actually, even though it's a little you know you lose some money in the deal, never do your uh, never meet the real requirement. Don't don't actually do your taxes with all the deductions you really have coming to you. No, that would be wrong. You can't. You can't be on the money. You gotta always let something slide because you get. You, yeah. That's, so then, when they audit you, they find those things and you get money. And so then, <laughs> so they say, "Oh, you paid too much taxes." Then they have to write you a check. And the guy who did the audit, I, I honestly, to God, believe he gets chewed out. That could be. I think they. You know, if they think that they're gonna lose money on an audit. They're not auditing. Right. Well, so that's I, what you do. You keep yourself on the other side of the fence. See, I I used to be in the system, which I think was I was just stupid doing it, um, you know, with tax lawyers and uh, accountants and everything. And now, of course, it, we have a very you know we don't have a. I never had a really complicated. Uh, well, yeah, when I had a lot of money, it was made complicated for me by other people. So, oh, oh, well, we got to right, take care of this. You probably didn't take all your deductions. No, not only you did I not take my... the house. No, you know, this, no, this, this, this I was that. like, oh, whatever. You know, and no, of course not. Uh, but uh, my tax attorneys and accountants and everyone, they got totally paid for everything. And it turns out later they they didn't do some things which screwed me over royally. However, now um, I just do it with TurboTax. You know, the thing that uh, uh, Timothy Geithner, our previous Treasury Secretary, couldn't figure out. And then you, and I think that's, uh, is that now owned by H&R Block? Mm, I have no idea. Or in, that was no, owned by Intuit. Intuit, yeah. And then uh, you file electronically, and then for an extra, like, 20 bucks, you get audit insurance. So if you get audited, then they will send a guy to your house, and they'll have some slavelet for some intern who will come, at least you get an intern who will come over and can, you know, can help you out. But it's real simple. You know, we don't have a very complicated structure. Do they help you out with your taxes, too? No, no, no. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking something else. Go on. <laughs> oh, very funny. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I've gotten in really 
serious trouble. I've, three times in my life, I've had my bank accounts frozen, and it's and by the way, I've always gotten um, you know acquitted, if you will. Uh, uh, so first time in Jersey, wow, that was in the ninety, maybe I was like ninety one or something. And all, it, all of a sudden, my bank card didn't work. And I go in and say, wow, that's really weird. All your money's been transferred to this weird account with all these nines. Like, well, well, what is that? And it turns out, IRS account. And then I call the IRS. And, like, you know, you had to fill out. A, I don't remember what it was. But there was some form I hadn't filled out and so, or sent in. And uh, I said, but yeah, but, you know, you, you, took, you took my money. I said, yeah. And we got your attention, didn't we? Yeah, they always have. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that's yeah, bureaucrats. <laughs> and then in the Netherlands, um, you know, I had this whole helicopter You're just thing. A troublemaker. I there. am. A, no, a big mouth. You got a big mouth, and then you know they and and they froze all my accounts, um, put uh, seized houses, cars, everything. <laughs> and I was on, the only lucky thing is that it was against me. And my ex-wife at the time had a bank. I had a, a bank account in her own name, so we had money. To, we could actually get money from the ATM, and it took oh, like a year. And then when finally, you know, they had to admit that they were wrong. Uh, you know, that of course was not front-page news. And then in the United States, and this was this was what really screwed screwed me forever. Um, so. Apparently, they couldn't find any filings on me for the 10 years that I lived abroad. And uh, they, and we, I would think we've told the story before. They came into the office at Mevio at San Francisco because all of a sudden they start showing up on payroll with their hands on their guns looking for me. And they uh, uh, garnished my wage, which basically meant I got no paycheck. And they uh, put a hundred and I think I had like a hundred and eighty thousand dollar tax lien on me. Um, which, of course, after it was another eight or nine months, uh, and I was living in London still at the time and commuting, so it was a real problem. I finally got that lifted, but that stays on your record, you see. So whenever someone goes and looks at my, uh, by the way, it's FICO, my FICO score, not FICA, but FICO. We said that incorrectly on the previous episode. Uh, if you go look at my uh, credit report, you'll see tax lien, a hundred and you know eighty seven thousand dollars. Oh, that probably you know. gives you big numbers. <laughs> it gives me shit is what it gives me, and no. but it won't. And, and, I, and I said, hey, you know, this was, this was I didn't even I didn't pay it. Didn't have to pay it. It was it was removed after I said, okay, everything's all right. But that stays on there until it'll be there until two thousand seventeen. And it's that and that's crazy. The, this is the problem that we have right now. These these secret these are dossiers. Uh-huh. They're full of crap. The information's no good. Yep. No, that information and and it says, you know, cuz it has like a little asterisk and explanation and they'll say has you know the lien has been uh, removed or paid or satisfied, you know, cuz of course they don't have any information, which makes it look like you had this huge tax problem. Yeah, and that then, you had to pay off probably with with drug money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From my with Bitcoin, exactly. So, so I guess Bitcoin, to, to, as a segue. Yes. Bitcoin is, I guess, under attack by the government. Yeah, finally. And, and interesting. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Finally. Interesting that the price of Bitcoin is going up. I I don't see that what the rationale for this. I I don't either. Now I know there was a strategy a while ago that was going to be oh you know the 
Because this is a Japanese firm. Uh, the, and it's not Bitcoin. It's the, the major exchange, uh, Mt. Gox. Mt. Gox is not, yeah, who apparently is the only exchange. They're the ones who set the prices. No, probably it's not, it's, just set no, by no, some no, guy no, in no, the morning. Not, I not, think it should be 120 today. It's not the only exchange. Before, Don't send emails, please. It's not the only. John at Dvorak. John at Dvorak.org. You know, I'm sick and tired of getting. Please, if you have an issue with donations, with your ring, John at Dvorak.org. Not to me. I'm sick and tired of it. I, I take care of all the other guys. I'll tell you right now, anyone who has a problem with me right now, send a message to Adam at Cray.com. He's the only one with any influence over what I do. No, this is true. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, now, so you're, you know, you're talking about the, uh, the the royalty that you were always hounding in the Netherlands. Yeah. So I'm watching uh, on, uh, I guess it, I think it was on, yeah, it was on C-SPAN. The Queen uh, opens Parliament every year, and this is her 60th anniversary. For open, she opens the parliament. She walks in. She goes into the House of Lords, mm-hmm. and everybody crowds in from the House of Commons into the House of Lords, yeah. and they all listen to her read of what she, what, what her government's going to do this year. Yes, as if it all is going to pass. Yes, yes. And it goes on and on, and she comes yeah. wandering out. She, and she, she, and she, she runs the show. Out. Yeah, she runs the show. Yeah, she. Yeah, I know. This actually shows that she runs the show the yeah. way she does it. You can, and she has a laundry list of things she wants to accomplish. Yeah, and she expects Parliament to do this. And everyone still says, "Oh, that's just ceremonial." Yeah, dream on, if you slave. Listen to what she says is anything but ceremonial. These are detailed things that she's commanding them to do. Very. Thanks, Her Majesty, and says goodbye. No, wait, stop, stop, stop the clip. Sorry, I, I got to set this clip up. So anyway, this goes on and on, and then she leaves. Now, she leaves, and this clip is, is her leaving, and she's getting in this horse carriage, which is like, which you is guys ma- modernized <laughs> Which this. is made of gold, I might point out. It's a big gold Gold carriage. and diamonds. But, but there's a guy <laughs> shouting orders, and he sounds like an idiot, and then they play this this this... These horns that that tell the locals that the queen is leaving the Westminster, and I'm listening to this. Thinking, it's Westminster, not minister. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's, it is minister. I know, but I, I don't know why. Okay. I, just one of those little things I keep saying. Yeah. Anyway, so she leaves, and this is like, is she tone deaf? Does she hear what they're playing? Just play this out completely, and tell me that there's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> Thanks, Her Majesty, and says goodbye. Salute is sounded, <laughs> telling the world that the uh, Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh are ready to leave the Palace of Westminster. <laughs> that guy needs some lessons. I'm 
mean, did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like a kid, like a 10-year-old. It actually, it reminded me, when I was listening to it, it reminded me of a very old television show. See if, see if you recognize it. <laughs> Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen Ivanhoe? I think so, yes. This used to be on when I was a kid. Ivanhoe! Ivanhoe! I'm a hoe! I'm a hoe! Well, they should have gotten the horn guy from Ivanhoe. <laughs> it would have been better. Of this off-key thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was a salute to the queen. It's like, you know, what kind of a salute is this? Speaking of uh, salutes, uh, Ms. Mickey received an email from uh, one of our female... Uh, well, actually, one of our producers here in Austin, uh, and his uh, wife is uh, obviously a producer, and he was thanking you indirectly. So here's how this goes. Um, Mickey is uh, it's like, oh, oh, Adam, come here. And she's in the living room, and I'm in the studio, of course, where I always am, working. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's that? I thought something's on TV. She says, oh, let me read this email. I'm not going to say who it was, just because I, you know, I don't know if I was supposed to tell you. Um you know, uh, the producer is very, very happy about John's recommendation that if women don't want to get saggy boobs, they should not wear a bra because uh, <laughs> she has stopped wearing a bra. And uh, he was very happy that her not only uh, was she going to maintain her pert and perky boobs, uh, but she wasn't wearing a bra. So congratulations on that. Hey, yo. Yeah, which is the perfect segue. We're here to serve. Which is the perfect segue. Science! Science! Okay. So, uh, Angelina Jolie. Um, this is uh, very interesting to me. Could you look up the definition of mastectomy for me? Yeah. By the way, my wife is, uh, uh, you know, who you notice is on Facebook a lot. Yeah. It's apparently uh, in a huge rumble. Oh, really? With, with the women that are... A that Facebook are, fracas? It's a, fr- it's a Facebook <laughs> fracas. Well, let, so I've spoken to a number of women who came to me unsolicited. Because, of course, uh, I am not uh, properly equipped to really have this conversation. Um, by the way, the definition of the word mastectomy is the surgical removal of one or both breasts partially or completely. Um, this is not entirely what Angelina Jolie had done. Uh, and here at 100% of the women who I will say are no agenda listeners who approached me in person, email or otherwise about this said, yeah, she got a boob job. And this is how she's playing it. Yeah. Now it's very, you gotta be very careful with, you know, the cancer, uh, the cancer card, because, uh, oh, you know, it's like, just you, 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 oh, can, oh, the cancer. But my mom died of cancer. Uh, one of my dear friends uh, died in uh, 1999 of breast cancer. Uh, you know, I, breast can, cancer is everywhere. And I have my own thoughts about it, where it comes from and, you know, and what the uh, cancer industry is doing about it. Um, but this, besides the fact that there was no reason for this to be published at this moment in time. And, oh, by the way, she's also on the cover of Time Magazine, which comes out Friday, which is, wow, really? This op-ed in the New York Times. I mean, it's it's almost... this. You know, if I'm cynical, which, gee, I am, and the, the White House is seeing all this crap coming down, and then, hey, what are we going to do? I mean... You've got something going on, and you 
And Clooney goes, dude, I got nothing. I got nothing. Call Angelina. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can think of that this had to happen right now. If she truly wanted to bring some awareness, this is the worst possible time to do it. Because, you know, you have no coverage in the news really in the right light and you're going to get snowed under. It's it's there briefly. I will say it worked perfectly because, boy, did the news cycle change uh, for for a couple hours there. It was, oh, my God. Handley and Julie had her tits cut off. But she didn't. She has... Uh, uh, she, they've been remade, and she has, by her own admission, and it's crazy. You know, the the doctor who did this has blogged all over his 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 uh, his web his 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 blog about this. Um, she had it done at the hmm, what is it? Uh, uh, here it is, the a patient's journey. Um, I mean, the whole thing is is everywhere, um, and. There's a number of things that we really need to discuss when it comes to this. So one, every news story that I have seen is very quick to point out that this will be covered under the forthcoming Affordable Care Act uh, provisions in 2014. So not only will the test be covered, which apparently is a very, in the United States at least is a very expensive test, but the procedure. And so as I'm following the news, I see... Uh, a bill proposal, which uh, comes through the wire uh, yesterday, a bill to amend the Public Health Service Act to raise awareness of and to educate breast cancer patients anticipating surgery, especially patients who are members of racial and ethnic minority groups, regarding the availability and coverage of breast reconstruction, prothesis, proth- prothesis and other options. So there's a push for this somewhere, and I'm cynical about this. I'm really, really cynical. Well, you don't think the push is for what's being talked about in, in my household. Please, because this is what, yeah, tell me. And elsewhere are these genetic... Uh, the genetic testing. Of course this is what it's testing. about. Genetic testing. So you go and you get your, your gene gnome, whatever they do. Yeah. They pull out your uh, genes and then give you and tell you all the possible bad things that can happen to you. Yeah. And you know, you're pre. And, you're, and that you're related to some bum in England. You're pre. You're pre everything. You're basically you're pre dead. <laughs> you're pre dead. <laughs> and uh, they have and everyone is getting these testing done. And I think this is bringing more bringing it to light. And showing that uh, the famous Angelina Jolie had it done. And, mm-hmm. she, and then, she, of course, she'll show up in a movie in 2014. It's her next movie. Yep. Uh, you know, looking great. With beautiful so breasts. With no harm, no foul. No wonder Brad Pitt, who, who was so supportive. I mean, she had a couple kids. I'm, I know yeah. I sound like an asshole to some women, but seriously. Yeah, sure you do. Well, you sound like an asshole anyway. Yeah. But, so I mean, then to let some me... people, we both do. And well, I think yes, to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Guess now, what? There you go. Someone's got to yeah, do no, it. No, I think it's all part of this this scheme to get everybody uh, uh, gene sequenced. Yes, there's a huge movement to get gene sequences. How but, cool it is! But, but when you it, know, my daughters had it done. Really? My sons had it done. Really? Oh, they're insane. Really? <laughs> yeah. You haven't had it done. This is not no, nothing what's for the you. Point? No, because people do say, "Would you?" If there was a test, would you? They said, "No." And and you know, and by the way. That, so uh, she was tested for the BRCA1, BRCA2 gene. I'm like, oh, let me look this up. Do you know what BRCA stands for? What? Breast cancer. Oh, BRCA. I know. It's, I mean, but you, know, you expect it to be like bio-resistant. Yeah, 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 coop, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you no, do. BRCA, breast cancer. 
So, I mean, uh, how just dis- how dis- yeah, exactly how super creative. So, you know, they'll be like um, uh, ANCR, you know, like anal cancer. Oh, gee. Oh, you've got anal cancer. Well, you might as well remove you remove your butt. Might as well remove your butt. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, you have a new butt. But seriously, but, but we have talked about that. We've noticed this coming. You're precancerous. You're pre-diabetic. Um, you know, now um, it's funny. um one of our uh, doctors sent this to me. He said, you know, now they want to lower the legal alcohol limit to 0.5. Yeah. So to zero. So why don't you just hand hand up tickets for being pre-drunk? It's just, <laughs> pre-drunk. just everybody's pre-drunk. I mean, it's like you, you, you're, you are as a person, you're pre-dead. You could walk out tomorrow. You know, it's like, oh, well, you, let's just not fly anymore because you could die. And, and you can and, die by get, get hit by a bus. You yeah. can die falling down the stairs. And this eighty—it's a lot of opportunities. And this, and this eighty-seven percent thing bugs me a lot. It's like because this genetic test is so good that they could say she had an eighty-seven, not eighty-six, not eighty-eight, and an eighty-seven percent chance of having breast cancer. Seems far-fetched, <sighs> right? And and these genetic tests, yeah, I've seen a lot of push on this. So I'm totally so. What is the argument Mimi is having? That's interesting. On Facebook, well, she is upset by all these women who come out. She's so brave. She's a hero, and all the stuff that's on all the Facebook stuff is just praising her to no yeah. to no end. And Mimi's yeah. argument is, if she had an 87 percent chance of getting breast cancer, she had have a 13 percent chance of not getting. Why would you do this? When all you have to do is, is test more and you just be a little more conscientious and you can probably, you know, why, what's, you don't, you don't have cancer. Why, why are you going to this extreme? She thought that was just a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know that Mimi knows that it was really a boob job. Oh, it's a boob job. Yeah. If you look at, uh, so it, she did this at the Pink Lotus Breast Center. Uh, the Pink Lotus Breast Center is, a, is the place, and the whole website is pink, which is a little disturbing. Um, so she, the, her entire road, kind of sexist. Her entire road, uh, her entire journey is uh, is d- well documented here. Yeah, and, no, it's, it's a publicity aspect yes. to it. Is another thing is annoying. Yeah, but no, apparently all on Facebook, all the women are all, oh, she's a brave, brave woman. <laughs> you know, this kind of like she's in World War Two or something, taking out a Nazi, you know, <laughs> tank or something. I mean, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> With a rubber knife and a compass, <laughs> and, a, and a single grenade. <laughs> um, but she, so she got to keep her her nipples. Which yeah, they did a special special procedure that they apparently oversaturated her nipples with a bunch of blood or something, and then so the nipples were intact and, yeah. and still sensitive. Yeah, woot! No wonder Brad is so happy. Yeah, and supportive. Hey, they're now they're the same size. How about that? <laughs> I mean, we're laughing about this, but I saw it, it blew me away. And you know, because you, when you hear mastectomy, yeah, you just think she's going to be flat chested and have you know just this horrible scars and, and I, the and rest I, of it. And I no. know women who have had mastectomies in Austin here, you know, and you know, and I'm sure that they would love nothing more than to have the Angelina version and get some beautiful boobs back. I'm sure they would love nothing more. You know, it's totally too late or whatever. It's, and you know, just like. Yeah. This is this is a little anyway. So it, it, it appears that the genetic testing and the procedures will all be a part of the Affordable Care Act, and specifically the people who can't afford the care 
will be um, will receive regulation that helps remind them that they can do this testing because you know what's it going to be do you do you do you get this uh, the procedure approved when you're 50 percent 51 percent or maybe less is it, I mean is it 30 percent will your insurance company say oh yeah chop them off get some new ones I'm sure that there's a lot of women who will see the opportunity because she, she didn't have cancer but she got new boobs yeah well yeah it's a sensitive subject so I wouldn't get into the debate no, about it. No, I don't want to get too far into me, the debate. Me, well, I know. But, you know, again, I do have a little clip here mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I, was rem- I was reminding myself that one of the things about our podcast, we will talk about some of these issues that are, that are actually uh, in the public eye. They're important. They're, they're changing the way people think. So I was uh, having lunch with a friend, and he says he's getting tired of some of the podcasts that are getting worse and worse. You got friends? Not this, ours. He wait, loves ours. Wait, stop. stop. You got friends? Yeah, I do. I have a friend. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, so I have a clip, which is – and I think it might be a regular clip that I'll, I'll do this every once in a while. This is what – just for the people listening to our podcast, this is what you're missing because there are other podcasts out there, and you could be listening to this. You, you really – that's the best you can come up with. <laughs> I've got teleportation, but I can only go through doors. <laughs> Now, imagine an entire book built around a character like that, because that's what they were basically doing by that point was, um, uh, ooh, here's a character who's, who's, who looks like a chicken and has no other superpowers. And here's a, yes, yes, Bar- Barnell Bohusk, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I read the Exiles. I read all the Exiles. Well, you see, you needed yeah. that many, many mutants because you had to populate the teams, right? Because there's, let's, let's run it down. In the early 2000s, they had like the Extreme X-Men right. at some point. That was- so we have the Extreme X-Men, we got the X-Men, the Uncanny X-Men, we got the X-Factor. Is this on the Twit Network? <laughs> no, it's on the other one. <laughs> uh, what five by five? Yeah. Oh wow. I was I so I, I did something highly unusual. I went on a morning show here in Austin. Oh, good. You know, we we both need to do that more. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? It actually it was good, but not the, it it helped. I think we got new listeners, but not necessarily because of the morning show. So this is the Dudley and Bob show. Hey, everybody, in the morning to you, weenie in the butt. This TV or uh, radio? Radio, radio, radio. Okay. Yeah. So um, Dale Dudley has been uh, on KLBJ FM in Austin for 25 years. So he's kind of an institution. But they've done something interesting. This is owned by Emmis Broadcasting, which is not you know your clear channel, but they own a lot. You know they're pretty big, but in in the scope of of radio ownership, they're nothing. And Austin, of course, is a you know like a, a secondary market, but still. So they have done something where they go from 6 to 9 on the air, and then from 9 to 10, they, they'd switch over and they'd do a podcast, which people pay for, and where you can say anything. So it was, it was this really weird sensation of being on the radio in real time, uh, live, and having to have all my filters in, because, you know, you know, me with the Tourette's. And then switching over at nine o'clock, and then it was like anything goes. You could, you know, tell us, talk about the management being crap at the station, <laughs> which I did, Why? of course. Yeah, I don't know. I said, can any? Can, makes I can, no sense. I can, well, and well, you'll never listen to us. Well, and well, what they what they like is that the, the station's making money with people paying for the podcast. But what was most interesting is I received probably twenty emails from one thing that I said. And the thing that I said is, you can quit your slave job. You can find your true destiny in life. 
And I've done it several times, and it's scary. But um, I think that's kind of it was a little longer in the in you know in the conversation. But that I am now at a place where, yeah, we're just getting by. But I have never been happier in my life because I'm doing what I want to do. I, I'm a radio dude. That's what I am. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not really a TV guy. I'm not a writer. I'm not really, you know, I'm certainly not a programmer. I'm kind of, you know, I'm a broadcaster. That's what I am. And if you can find out what you are in life, wow, you know, and, and you're doing it and you find out a way to at least eat some mac and cheese while you're at it, you, that's, that, is, that, is, that is true living. And I got so many emails from people saying, oh, how do I do it? <laughs> like, just quit your job. No, that's, that's not, not that simple, obviously, but... You know what I mean? And it was I think most people can't do it. Yeah. I think a lot of people have the opportunity. There's a bunch of variables here. One is the kind of money you can make by working for somebody else who's throwing money away. Right. Uh, right, but then you're focused on the wrong thing. If you were doing that, you know, it's like a it's like an owner of a baseball team the team is worth a lot of money. They have a great net worth, but the amount of money they personally make from the team is not as much as they pay the players. Right. Uh, one or two players or basketball. Some of these guys will make $20 million just to run up and down the court and stay in shape. Right. You know, what would, else would they do? Yeah, but they all wind up like OJ. You know, they wind up in jail eventually and they lose all their money. And Well, a lot of them, it always a lot ends of them up, don't. There are some that are smart nah, investors and they, stay, they keep a low profile. Oh, uh, besides Magic Johnson... Now it all it usually ends bad. Yeah, a lot of them are broke. I mean, yeah. the, the worst case is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. who was one of the greatest players in history. The big, tall guy from that uh, came right. out of UCLA. Yeah, he uh, I guess got involved with one of those money making schemes where they put your money <laughs> offshore the and psychic, they invest the, it tax free. Well, yeah, and you don't have to worry about the wasn't government. The, wasn't the You're psychic better off putting it in a bank? Wasn't the Psychic Friends Network <laughs> with Dion Warwick? Didn't he put money into that? I don't know. He might have. All I know is that he essentially went broke. Aren't you doing uh, what you want to do right now, John? Aren't you in that place in, in your life where you're kind of doing, you know, as as you move towards your twilight years? <laughs> hey! Whoa! Whoa! Uh, hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. This, is, uh, this is serious talk. So, hold on. I've, people have been really busy uh, for us. Right now, John, let's talk about uh, how you can live your life to its fullest potential. As uh, Ms. Mickey said to me, this is our serious music. You like it? Ah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, as Ms. Mickey said to me, you're not dead yet. You're only halfway there. Only <laughs> <laughs> well, <you> half dead. <laughs> half Too dead. Bad. That part's in the bed. I'm pre-dead right now. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm very happy where I'm at. How about you? Are you, uh, are you living the dream? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, God. Yeah, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I got a 20 year old car. Yeah, I'm you know, just getting by. I'm going broke, sending my daughter through college. <laughs> the good news is, she will graduate. Oh yeah. And think about all the extra. Actually, she got uh, she got her scholarship again. Oh wow! Uh, so oh, she was a sophomore. She was uh, she was down here. She went up to um, what's the name of the school again? It's like it's like the best college uh, in the world. Not, we don't want to oh, I'm sorry. About okay, it. we don't. Want, but it's a great school. It's like a real high end. It's a it's a good school, I guess. It's I where it's where never, it's I, 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 I've, I've skull and bones. I've never been to the campus. <laughs> skull and bones. Isn't that like skull the, and bones. She joined this. <laughs> she's at Yale. <laughs> she's at Yale. 
<laughs> I got a real short picture of you sending your kid to Yale. <laughs> Get in that skull and bones, kid. You'll be set for life. So anyway, go on with your. You got the music is fading out. How long is this? Is this loop? Oh, I got tons of people. I got like three different beds for us to talk over. Who feel that when we're talking about something important, you know, we need to have. And so these guys sat on their synthesizers, yes. and cranked out these beds. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? This is a good one. I yeah, like it. This is great. This is a very kind of. We, our show should just have the bed underneath the whole. All the time. Show. Yeah, all the time. I agree. It 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 really adds something here. <laughs> it adds something. <laughs> Not much, but it adds something. Anyway, I think that we could do a seminar, a webinar, oh, yeah. a yeah. webinar on how to live. A webinar is even better. <laughs> Your favorite. Going to leave our houses. <laughs> yes. This is part of the dream. And the whole idea is we're going to tell you how we did it. And then, yeah, take that information. <laughs> it's always convoluted. Yeah. And I think we can probably get it sponsored by, uh, what's Leo's uh, advertiser there? Uh, Ford? Go, go to meeting. Oh, go to me. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not a bad idea. No, Ford's not, he's not, Ford's not sponsoring him anymore. Uh, yeah, I think Ford's jumped, went someplace. I don't know what happened to Ford. Uh, well, they, geez, they, uh, they start advertising in my favorite show, Smash, <clears throat> which I still watch religiously. Ugh. And it was great. They had Ivy Lynn, who is, uh, who plays, uh, Marilyn in, in the Broadway is musical. Is that the blonde? The blonde one, the voluptuous blonde. Yeah, they had her because so now she's a, a celebrity because <clears throat> you know she's uh, on Broadway, so they have her uh, at Times Square doing a commercial for uh, the Ford Focus. <laughs> Coming I don't out know of she can even get in a Focus. No, please, and uh, and so you know there's the, the the scene which of course you know before you hit another break is only eight minutes, and then the first spot is the Ford Focus again. It's it's unbelievable. It's corrupt. Yeah. Really is. In the morning but, to yeah, you, a John way, C. Devore. By the way, I do rec- the Ford Focus. I as Ford's listening. <clears throat> I do recommend that car to everyone I talk to. Right. Anyway, yes. In the morning to you. And. Oh, and in the morning to you, all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. There you go. And in the morning to all of our human resources in the chat room there. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. In the morning to uh, uh, Sir uh, 19-inch racks or Gitmo slaves or oil, everyone running the whole show. Make sure you support those guys at Frownet. And... Uh, Wow, we got all kinds of stuff to do here. I got, I got like PR. Let me do the PR first. <clears throat> Sir Laurie and uh, Sir Luke in uh, Finland are. Uh, I'll read the email verbatim. We're getting together for a No Agenda Nights luncheon Monday, May twentieth at noon in Kailaranta One Espu. A spoo. In a spoo. All yeah. right. Yeah. Other nights producers are hereby invited as well, of course. I think there's one more night in the greater Helsinki metro area. <laughs> it's a hotbed of no agenda night activity up there. Um, so, uh, and I'll put the link into the uh, to the place. So that's Monday the 20th. Kailaranta, K-E-I-L-R, K-E-L, uh, Kilo Echo, India, Lima, Alpha, Romeo, Alpha, November, Tango, Alpha in Espoo. And then, uh, let's see, what else did we have? Um, that's all I got. Do we have anyone uh, helping us today on the show, uh, d- despite all scary messages that uh, <clears throat> that you receive now on the PayPal, that you're, you're under investigation, your donation is being looked at? 
it's kind of nefarious too. You think, oh wow, you know, am I being investigated? Am yeah, I? No, in, it's 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 bad to form. Am I, I in think. compliance? This is uh, not. This I is mean, not. I nice. you you're. I don't know what they could put it a different way. But yes. we did get a complaint from the Samuniches about this, uh, and. Uh, I want to thank. We should thank our executive producers, which includes Greg and his wife, uh, Sir Greg, actually. Sir Greg and Dame Kathy, yes. And Kathy, I think she's sent a note in bitching about this thing. We'll just send a check from now on. Yeah, which, is, yeah. which we recommend. We, yes, it gives us another no, ten bucks. No, no, no PayPal fees, no nothing. And they they came in with the episode number, which is great. Which is not necessary to become an executive producer, but highly appreciated as the numbers go up. Yeah, and especially it makes you an exclusive member of that club. Anyway, they're in West Chicago. The spirit of Benghazi cover up surveillance of the AP's phone records and sick and sticking the IRS to audit or sicking 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 the IRS to audit Patriot groups. I would like like to taunt Mister O with a Reverend Manning whoop him with the Constitution. Thank you, sirs. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't quite. Uh... Wasn't quite ready for that one. Uh, whoop it with the Constitution. Get out there! Whooping, 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 whooping with the Constitution! Down! Whoop it! Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to give them karma, actually. I think they, they deserve some karma from me to them. You've got karma. Sir Dad, Greg, and Dame Kathy, thank you for being such long-term supporters. And, of course, they are from uh, Chi-Town. West Chi-Town. So they must be yes. sick and tired of that guy. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Melanson, otherwise known as Earl <laughs> Melanson of Oregon. Hell, yeah. Uh, Tigard. Uh, he came with 404, which is an error message. Here's my next installment toward dukedom. I've gotten lots of notice from my producerships on LinkedIn. Telling you it's a great thing to do. Yeah, no, if you've got a LinkedIn account, put your producerships in your bio. Yeah, people are always like, wow, what is that? That sounds cool. Had to organize them into seasons to overcome the character limitations. Oh, <laughs> oh really? What it's is funny. it? Because the bits are but too. We can't expensive? go on forever with a you know. Although I've seen some of these, they're huge. I think I don't know about this. I, I think he it, maybe he needs to upgrade. Parker Snyder, Grand Prairie, Texas, three three six dot twenty. Uh, and you got some email. Try to get rolling price back prices quote out of John. Get the rolling back prices quote out of John. Yep. Uh, it was a quote that you said early on that really cracked his wife and him up. Where you said, "Well, you said something like they're rolling back prices on crack." <laughs> I never said. Yes, this. you did. So say it again. They're rolling back prices on crack. <laughs> that dramatic. Enough? Yeah. So that was that was pretty good. I like it. That was pretty good. So he he and his wife liked that a lot, and they've been uh, fans of the show ever since you first said that. There you go. Yeah. Well. Anyways, uh, hoping to get to a knighthood soon. Uh, hey, he does say everyone else feel ashamed. Yeah, everyone else feel ashamed. <clears throat> He's from Tejas, Grand Prairie. Uh, Stefan Agarhuti. Agarity. 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 In Southampton. How about Stephen? I'd say Stephen Agarity. You don't think it's Stefan? No. No one says Stefan anymore. Some, I've heard it. No. I'll get you a clip. <laughs> okay, you go do that. Record your one friend. Two thirty three thirty two. ITM. Don't worry about getting your chops around my name. It's just way too painful to listen to it the last time. <laughs> I got you. 
But just listen to the episode with the Central Security Service or whatever it's called. The great show. It didn't matter that it wasn't clip intense. Wow, this is, a, chat- this is a long time ago, this show. This is like yeah, two months ago. Your chat and interaction is every bit, if not more enjoyable to listen to. I don't frequent the chat room, but it strikes me that these douchebags should be paying a couple of bucks to get in and bitch slap each other. And you could bank a grand a show, 100000 a year. <laughs> yeah. It would surely keep the show going for all of us. Also, if you put a, an IBAN number on your bank account somewhere on the donation page, I think we could transfer money out of PayPal uh, commission as well as set up repeat payments that will not get canceled. You know, I think that, no, I think it's a real – if you want to transfer money to mechanics, which is our bank from Europe, forget about it. Oh, it's too expensive. Yeah, it, it, it costs like 30 bucks. Yeah. They're yeah. not good at that. And the Chase thing, you know, which I've tried, it's, it's not worth It's just not. No wonder Bitcoin is popular. It's really not worth it. It's not worth the hassle. It, it takes a week. It's just dumb. Well, they, they need to, to streamline things, that's for sure. Daniel Serbus in Montevideo, Minnesota nuts. <laughs> uh,. He came in. Is he? A, let's see. I got a couple notes from a couple guys. Um, no. <laughs> Say hey, yes. Hey, so the president is is in the rose garden and he's got an earpiece in. Oh, he does. He's wearing an IFB. Not. I mean, he's, he's, it's not an IFB. It's like half a Sennheiser. What is that? What is it? What, who is he with? He must be with someone. They must be doing a translation. Well, Finished thanking these people. All right. We can talk about All the right. president. Anyway, he sent a check in. Um, I wonder what they, yeah, I bet you 10 bucks it's pronounced Montevideo in Minnesota instead of Montevideo as it would be in South America. Yes. Jan Persil, Sir Jan to you in Hamburg, Deutschland. I would, I would say Jan, Jan Persil. Jan Persil. Uh, call it advertising, just scored a well-paid job for my design studio, Persiel.com, P-E-R-S-I-E-L.com. And would What's like... That? To share with the access and give value for value. Karma appreciated for busy times ahead. Take care. Right on. Here you go. Good, good work, John. Karma. And oh. also, Ste- Stephen, or Stefan, as I would call him, also requested some karma we didn't give him any. Oh, well, let me do that one right off the bat. You've got karma. So, well, those are our executive and associate executive producers That's for it? show 513. Mm. We appreciate that. Hopefully, and by the way, the last couple of Sundays, People have gotten executive producerships or just sending in the minimum at like $202. You might want to think about uh, helping us because the Sunday show seems to be dropping off uh, drastically uh, compared to the uh, Thursday show. Yeah, and it would be okay if the Thursday show made up for it, but it's not really. Uh, no, generally speaking, it just falls off. No. But we'll uh, you know figure out why someday. Thank you very much to Nick the Rat for uh, creating the art for episode 512. That's highly appreciated. Good work, Nick. Always good to see Nick come in with something uh, humorous, funny, or something that makes you go, hey, hey, Because that's <laughs> that, kind of what a lot is of that your art, reaction? <laughs> a lot of the art. <laughs> what? Uh, some, it's just we had this. a lot of good art. The art is, is also inconsistent. One time we'll have like 12 submissions, and yeah. then sometimes we'll have one. Yeah, it's true. It's or true. none. Yeah, it's true. Um, we highly appreciate this. These are our real credits. Uh, you can put them on your LinkedIn. It will get you inquiries. You watch. And this is the great thing about LinkedIn is you can see who's looking at your profile and what they're looking at. And you'll see when you put when you put executive producer no agenda show on, you're going to see that people. Wow, this is interesting. What is that? Now, you may never work again. 
But, but you get a lot of you get a lot of inquiries for sure. So yes, please consider us uh, for uh, support on this coming Sunday show. We'll have a lot more deconstruction, a lot more ahead today. We've got a lot to get to. Dvorak.org. And, of course, we do need you to always continue to propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, Dave Lizzie. Good work. Good work, girl. So uh, I went to the Google I.O. Ah. on the TV. <laughs> on the TV? No, I mean, I, I, I streamed it over the Internet. Oh, oh, D, I forgot all about it. I couldn't get in. I have a summary. Here's a summary. Do I play this? Is this your the summary? summary? There's a summary of Google I.O. right here. Show like a kick to the crotch. Well, it's interesting you uh, bring up the Google I/O uh, because uh, there's um, I have some I have some actual uh, clips that I think I think it would be prudent to discuss. And this comes um, in light of an email. Did I copy you on the reply to this? I think I did. Uh, don't know. Okay. What was the so was the subject? Uh, quitting over Google rant. Oh yeah, that guy. Well, it's yeah, we did a Google. I think you got the. He was aiming this complaint at you for some reason. Yeah, because of course you know, every, I was the one ranting about Google. Everything. No, it's always me. I suck. I'm an a hole. Fault. Yeah. Hi, Adam. A few shows back, a listener talked about getting to verge of donating, only to be put off by your ignorance. Oh, you know, this is the. Let's stop right here. This is the. Everybody out there is on the verge, and all apparently they do, they're never going to donate. They don't care. They're ungenerous people. They don't have a, a thought in the, how these things work. They, they're not sympathetic to anything. And they're always on the verge of donating, and their whole job in life is to look for the excuse not to donate. And then they just sit and wait. So, oh, God, I can, I, maybe I'll donate today. Maybe I'll donate today. Maybe I'll donate today. They never donate. And then they get the excuse, ah, that's the reason I didn't donate because of something you said. <laughs> and that is really the, uh, the, the real problem with their personality. This is a defect. I mean, you, you're either generous and you, you're doing value for value. People who donate to the show are doing it for a reason. He's a pre- so the show continues. He's a pre-donor. He's a pre donor. He's a pre boner, permanent do- boner. No, he's a, a permanent yeah, boner. Yeah, I blew but this, that but, joke was. but this guy is not. I think he's donated. He is a. He's a pre quitter. So he's a, he's been looking for a reason to quit. You see, this is the other thing. So you get people who uh, who don't want to donate and look for a reason not to. There's people who want to quit but look for a reason to quit. Listening to us or I'm unsubscribing. It's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, the, the show has its. It, I, for example, I we've talked about this before. I think the show beats some people up 
And very I, hard. You know, yes, it, yes. And it's like the John Stewart show. I use. I will watch that show, and then I'll put it on the old DVR and make it so it records and records and records. And then after a few months of it, I am so beaten up. Yeah. By the show that I just take it off, and I say, "Oh, life is so much better. I don't have to listen to him." You know, do. The dissemin- you know, he's essentially doing character assassination in a yeah. funny kind of a way, uh, commonly. And it's like it's at some point you just can't, as funny as it is, it just it gets I don't know. Right, but this is why it's a I flaw think, in both of these yes, shows, it is. ours it, and his. It is the ultimate flaw, absolutely. And 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 this is no different from the Howard Stern show because I had witnessed this with Stern too. When I was driving in every single morning for, uh, from Jersey to New York, at a certain point, it's like oh, I get it, lesbians ratings, got it. You know, and they're like. Oh. So, yes, it happens. However, um, he brought something. The, the reason why he's quitting, uh, he says, you know, you have, you, we have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, I, I knew exactly what this person was talking about. I couldn't have written a better example than the recent farce with John's blog getting hacked. I could barely listen as, both, as you both flew off the handle, calling foul play, slamming Matt Cutts, it's not true, people. Pay no attention to the browser warnings. Google is out to get us. It was a. And cr- by the way, we never slammed Matt Cut. Well, you might I did, have, I but did, we I never did. really slammed Matt no. Cut. Since what no. difference does it make? Well, it it is important because Jeff Jarvis. This really came about Jeff Jarvis, who called Matt Jeff Jarvis Google shareholder, who called uh, Matt Cuts the grand gentleman. This is what this is why we went off the grand gentleman of Google. And I and I I know why he's called that because he is one of the most powerful men on the internet. And then so uh, he goes on all this. Uh, by the way, before continuing to hypocritically use Google's search engine for the rest of the show, oh, yeah, okay, it's exactly this sort of paranoia, narcissistic nonsense that turns people off the show. I think it turns people onto the show. Actually, I don't. I don't. I disagree with that. Yeah, what? actually, a lot of people don't understand how broadcasting works. Okay. And sometimes the most obnoxious people yeah. just attract a crowd. So anyway, so he, he, he goes on all the way through. But okay, so I, and he ends it up with, that's it for me. I'm out. And that's how he, he ends it. And, and he it, ends it. Now, it always gets me, by the way, why tell us? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, well, no, because he, he, the reason why is because he wants a response. He wants, he's, he's, he's been disappointed, of course, in himself. But I see this all the time, oh, especially with email. I mean, I've made a study of this where people throw their baggage onto you, and then nine times out of ten, sorry, man, I was drunk. Uh, and I get that one a lot. I get a lot of the I, drunk. Yeah, I've seen that. The one. drunk when I get a lot Sorry of that. Sorry, I blew up. Sorry, I, I was drunk, man. Uh, but you know, the, yeah, you know, I lost my job. My wife hates me. My kids are morons. You know, it's like, and then you know, you're the guy who I listen to and I trust, and you you irked me. And it happens in all relationships. And so we have a weird relationship with our our producers of the show, of course. Now, as a part of Google I/O, and I'm glad you brought it up, Matt Cuts. And now Matt Cuts is he is the Director of, not director of malware, not the director of protecting your computer. He's the director of web spam, okay? And what is web spam? Web spam is stuff that messes up Google's business model. Google's model is to provide you with ads, predominantly ads with search. So this is all about SEO. The specific, and this is this is, and it's very important that we talk about this because um, Google is the Gestapo of the internet, 
and Matt Cutts is the Sturmbahnführer, and he even starts off. He's, so he, as a part of Google I/O, he talks about the new their new algorithm. So they had Panda. Now they're going from Panda to Penguin to Penguin 2.0. These are all their code names, and of course, you know, hi everybody. Hey everybody. Yeah, hi everybody. That's Matt Cutts. Today's webmaster video is answering the question. What should we expect in the next few months in terms of SEO for Google? So very important, he says, what should we expect in terms of SEO for Google? Now, you're about to hear how Google really thinks about you and how they think about themselves. So the hacked sites thing, right? Yes, someone was able to quote-unquote hack your blog, not really your server, but they were able to inject um, some malware. You can call it malware, but not the kind of thing that you go to a website and it gets into your computer and it eats up your hard drive or crashes it or turns you into a bot on a botnet. No. It it brought up a hidden frame. And by the way, this uh, this producer, this listener also says, you know, you could have found this in five minutes, you stupid. So the the what Google does is they we fi- found it in five minutes. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it was being injected from somewhere. We yeah. couldn't find that. Right. So we had to change the parameters of how things get onto the onto the code. So that guy, that guy should okay. never listen to the show, whoever sent that in. So now we- Matt Cutts, who fully says, oh, we're just protecting everybody. And, and the way Google does this is, and, and by the way, I, wasn't in, I didn't have any infected malware, yet all my sites that had one link to an image from your site got the same little thief walking away with a, with a bag full of stolen ones and zeros or had his arm creepily coming through your laptop screen, touching your keys. Which is, I mean, These things really matter what they're communicating to people, just like PayPal with their, were checking it out for regulatory compliance. So here's Matt Cutts. And the, what's really going on here is pushing everyone towards Google's webmaster tools. This is a very, very, very bad precedent. And they are only doing it so that everyone is on board with their program for their advertising for their payday. We're still in the early days for that, but it's pretty exciting. We've uh, we've got some data now that we're ready to start munging and, and see. Munging. Oh, they munge the data over there, John. Munging. See how good it looks, yeah. and so we'll see how, how whether that bears fruit or not. Listen to this. Uh, we also continue to work on hacked sites. Hacked sites. And notice the language. Your site was not hacked, Okay. There was no no one had taken it over and put up you know a, a DHS sign or said John sucks cock and hell no none of, not hacked like that uh, in a couple different ways number one trying to detect them better we hope in the next few months to roll out a next generation of hacked site detection that is even more comprehensive and also trying to communicate better to webmasters because sometimes they see uh, we see confusion between hacked sites and sites that serve up malware. Yeah, you're creating that. You're creating the confusion. And ideally, you'd have a one-stop shop where once someone realizes, ah. that, realizes that they've been hacked, they can go to Webmaster Tools and, ah. and you know, have some... Sing- one-stop shop, John! Just, yeah, in just fact, to get to off of the... Uh, yeah, get off, uh, to get off of the database. you got to go get off to, of the database, I had right. to get an account with Google Webmaster oh, yeah. Tools. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then ask them to... Would they please, please, uh, please look at my site again after we fixed it? Could go and get a lot more info to sort of point them in the right way to to helpfully clean up those hacked sites. Um, so 
for if you're doing high quality content. Oh, if you're doing now, here's here's where this is where it gets very very dangerous. Not for me because I don't care. People who want to get my content, which is probably not considered high quality content in Google's uh, opinion. Um, they'll get to it anyway. But Google, in future, as you're about to hear, is going to determine what is right, what is wrong, what is high quality, and what you should be able to see. Not what you find through their search engine, but what you're allowed to see, literally see, on their Chrome browser and every other browser that uses their database, which, of course, is everybody, including Firefox. The guy's wearing a Firefox T-shirt in this video just to show how powerful Google really is. Whenever you're doing SEO, this shouldn't be a big surprise. You shouldn't have to worry about a lot of different changes. Uh, if you've been hanging out on a lot of black hat forums and trading, you know, different types of spamming package tips and that sort of stuff, then it might be a more eventful summer for you. You can have a very eventful, uh, eventful summer if you've been trying to game our system, slaves. Uh, but we have also been working on a lot of ways to help regular webmasters. So help. regular webmasters, John. You hear that? You hear what he said? Saying? Yeah. Regular webmasters. Uh, we're doing a better job of detecting when someone is sort of an authority in a specific space. Oh, an authority. You're doing a better job when you're an authority. But you have to sign up for webmaster tools to be an authority, I'm sure. You know, it could be medical, it could be travel, whatever. Yeah, or what, what are we? Uh, are we authorities in anything, John? Not that I know of. Come on. Well, we're authorities on tech. Yeah. I think uh, we can be authorities yeah. on on political on news deconstruction. Yeah, put this in the put this in the red book. That. No agenda. The term no agenda to drop to zero within the next year. Ever and and trying to make sure that those rank a little more uh, highly if you're some sort of authority or or, or a site that that um, according to the algorithms we think might be a little bit more appropriate for users. Oh, it's a little more appropriate for users. Do you hear what's going on here? Uh, we've also been looking at Panda and seeing if we can find some additional signals, and we think we've got some, to help refine things for the sites that are kind of in the border zone, in the gray area a little bit. And so, oh, we're in the gray area now. If we can By the way, I'm checking to make sure this doesn't happen yet, but you might be right. I, I just typed in no agenda to the Google, yeah. and we still own the first page completely. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And let me take a look at page. We had seven pages at one time. We do have some people out there that work for us and with us. Yeah. Uh, we have the second page as we got all of it. No agenda entertainment, no agenda soundboard, no agenda. Oh, the no agenda myth, New York Times, an article. Ah, that's inner. That's there it is. There in. it is. It's got snuck nothing in. to do with us. But, you know, but the, ho, 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 the New York Times is clearly an authority in the space. You then see. We got, then we go to no agenda racing's on page two. Congratulations. No agenda CD is on page two. So we got all of page two except one post. Now, page three. No agenda on Facebook, no agenda art oh. album, uh, art generator, no agenda chat, no agenda predicts Boston bombing, <laughs> the YouTube videos. Hey, wait a minute, we're, we're experts in that. We're experts. No agenda book club, uh, <laughs> no agenda on Twitter, right, show right, notes, let me finish chat. This. Let me finish this up. The effect a little bit for those sites that, uh, that we believe uh, have got some additional signals of quality, then that will help sites. Signals of quality. That might have previously been affected to some degree uh, by Panda. All right, now. Very code words in there. Now, oh, well, here, so do you know about their guidelines, their content guidelines, and what you can and can't do? This, by the way. Why is it, why does Google have to do with this? Because it's their business. Cause Send me a link to the guidelines. I, I need this. To you can, get you can just shows. Google. Is, that, that now you're getting under my skin. Okay, well, listen to the guidelines for advertorial. 
Uh, we've also been looking at advertorials, that is sort of native advertising and... and uh Native advertising, native advertising, like if uh, we would like promote our own stuff, for instance. So if I went on uh, in the show notes and said, hey, look at this cool gadget I'm working on, that would be native advertising or better known as an advertorial. And those sorts of things that violate our quality guidelines. Violate. So again, if uh, if someone pays for coverage or pays for an ad or something like that, those ads should not flow pay drink. Let me hear this. If someone pays for an ad, if someone pays me to put an ad on my site that, of course, doesn't go through Google, you don't get ranked for that. That's what he just said. So if if that's actually what he just said, this is anti-competitive. This is this is illegal in my book. It you probably can, is. You know, Google does a lot of illegal stuff unknowingly. Because they are. It seems hubris. like a good idea to us. It's hubris, is what it is. This guy is so. He truly believes that Google owns all advertising on the Internet. And luckily, we don't have this problem. But there's a lot of people going to run into trouble right now because he just said to me, if you are getting paid to for an ad on your website, you will get penalized for that by Can Google. You play that again just so everyone gets it straight. Yeah. Okay. And if, uh, if someone pays for coverage or pays for an ad or something like that, those ads should not flow pay drink. If someone pays for coverage, which is a journalistic term. So if um, if I'll, I'll make a very simple one. If Leo Laporte is paid to talk about the Ford Focus, he will get penalized by Google for doing that because Google didn't get their piece. This is a this is mafia. This is truly mafia. This is not OK. Now. Again, I don't care. We don't have advertisers. We get by. But when we have a-holes who are yelling at me for saying that Google is the Gestapo and you've got to watch out, I'm not doing it for me. It doesn't affect me at all. People can find our content without us being approved or experts in the space. Uh, we've seen a few sites um, in the U.S. and around the world that take money and then do link to websites and pass pay drink. And so oh, my God, it's called advertising. But that's not allowed. So we'll be looking at some efforts to sort of be a little um, a little bit stronger on our enforcement as far as advertorials that <laughs> violate our quality guidelines. <laughs> Come on, talk to me, John. I'm just stunned by this quality guidelines thing. What does Google have to do with it? They're a search engine that are supposed to be serving the public. They're not. Because I'm looking for something, and if they, I, it could be filled with ads, I'm, but I'm looking for this page, and they're not going to deliver it because the guys are taking money away from Google? That's right. Could someone please make the, the word Gestapo with the Google uh, letters and logo for the art? <laughs> That's what I, I want. I, but I also want it separate, just something I can just put on a T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the Google logo with all the little pretty colors, but it says Gestapo instead of uh, instead of Google. Nothing wrong inherently with advertorials or native advertising, but they should not flow PageRank, and there should be clear and conspicuous disclosure so that users realize that something is paid, not organic or editorial. Oh, the hubris of this is, and and I think you're right. This he he's probably a really nice guy. He doesn't even know how inherently horrible the things are that he's saying. You know, I don't have the clips of... Uh, I, I do have the uh, recording, but I don't. I didn't clip any of, of uh, P. 
Page came, Larry Page came out and mm-hmm. at the end of the Google thing mm-hmm. and talked and talked and talked. And he's, unfortunately, he's, something's wrong with him. He's, his voice, he talks like this now and he yeah. can barely get his voice up. He can't get any high notes. From, 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 the, from, the, chip, from the chip implant, obviously. And he uh, seemed, and the one, the one clip I wanted to get, and I will have it for the Sunday show, is where he says, all we want people to do is to be happy. He, <laughs> yeah, well, how's that working out? And he said it over and over with with remorse. And I believe that they're, these, these are just dorks that are just unaware of the way things, why they're, in fact, he went on about how cool it would be if, he says, he went on about how terrible the situation is because his medical records are protected. And he believes that it's only because of insurance companies, because people are afraid they're not going to get insurance. He says, that doesn't make any sense. They should, everyone should be able to get insurance. And we should be able to get everyone's medical records so we can study them and we can do, we can search and we can do these things that will be beneficial to everybody, which is not the case at all. It's bull crap. Some people don't want their medical records out because they have AIDS, for example, and nobody knows they're gay and they don't want anyone to know they're gay. And it's their business, not yours. And all this is completely ignored by these guys. They're completely naive about the way things are. I think Schmidt probably isn't, but he's never really there. He's not running the place. He's, you know, out selling his book everywhere. And I, I don't know. I, I just baffling. I do have a couple of Google clips if you, you want to hear them. Yeah. Unless you've got more to listen to with the. Uh, well, I just wanted. To, I have a thirty-second closer from uh, from yeah, Matt. Yeah, play Cuts. the closer. From, and we'll go on a couple of from the from the grand gentleman. Um, and and so this is the guy who implements the changes each time he runs the team. Where you know you, all, all of a sudden you wake up and like you're not found on Google. That's that's his team. That's what he does. He is not uh, the protect your computer division. He's the protect Google's advertising business division, and he is an extremely powerful individual on the internet, and I would presume within Google. And here he is closing off, just making the distinction between people who are on board with the program and regular webmasters. In the summer of 2013, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, uh, a lot of fun. I'm really excited about a lot of these changes because we do see really good improvements in terms of of, you know, people who are link spamming or, or doing various black hat spam would be less likely to show up, I think by the end of the summer. Um, and at the same time, we've got a lot of nice changes queued up that hopefully will help you know, small, medium businesses and, and you know, regular webmasters as well. Just you little a-holes. Just you little little people, you little people that we spit on, that we roll over in our Rolls Royces and our Ferraris on the way to work in the morning. You regular little, little small businesses, not like us, the big business over here, Mountain View. <laughs> so there so are. a lot of the things at the event were kind of creepy. The, the the keynote went three hours and thirty six minutes, and it was a and it was all you know. It was, was it Scoble? Was Scoble doing the keynote? <laughs> Scoble wasn't there. Huh. So uh, anyway, so I had uh, – I, I got I took two clips that are kind of interesting. One of them like explains something. It's like all of a sudden you when, when you hear this clip, the Google map guy, when you hear this clip, you're going to go, oh, ah. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to say, oh, that's why that – oh, okay. Recently, we launched two more countries, Thailand and Indonesia, bringing to – Thailand and Indonesia, bringing to total of 43 countries overall with the ground truth data. But this doesn't cover the whole world. In many cases, countries didn't have good maps. We created a tool called MapMaker. MapMaker allows us users to c- contribute their data and make the best maps they can. And in some cases, those maps are now the best maps that country has anywhere. And that's helped us cover 199 countries around the world. But there's one country that was missing. We had some of it in MapMaker, but just very recently, we published North Korea. 
making 200. <laughs> now, you can take- Excellent. Oh, okay. So we're promoting Google. So that's why Eric Schmidt was in North Korea. Of with course. His- he, he was but- mapping. <laughs> It wasn't to see North Korea or do anything. It was for mapping. <laughs> wow. I just want to have jaw dropper when I heard this. And, oh, that explains why why Schmidt was there. What, what other reason would he be there? Uh, so anyway, so that, but a lot of the, the event was creepy. And it's just <laughs> like, a, it's, a, it's actually a creepy subtext. It's not out and out creepy because these guys are smiling all the time. And when you're smiling, you know, it's okay. And so I found that this was kind of creepy, which is the the guy who's doing uh, there's a new photo app that has all these supposed features that I am going to test because I don't believe half of them will actually work because everything always sounds good on paper and it works in the lab. And they also have this thing called OK Google, which is my favorite new thing, which I'm in actually in conversation with the press office now about this. Of course, they oh, now they now they know how to find you when they need some PR. No, no, I was asking them about this, and that was, but I can't say who they are. It's funny. Well, you can't say- office, they don't want to take credit for saying anything. <laughs> but OK Google is like you've got your Chrome browser up, mm-hmm. and you say OK, okay Google, Google. Yeah. and then the microphone picks that up, and it opens up a, a search thing, and then you say, Google, where's the nearest Chinese restaurant? Oh, and then, the, then then your browser says to you on your la- on your desktop, the nearest Chinese restaurant's right down the street. Take a left. Hold on. Hold on. So there is no other action I perform before saying, okay, Google. Right. Well, then it's listening to me all the time, which is what I that talked about what I sent two the note about, years ago. It's the first two, thing I thought of, too. No, three years ago on Twit, I said, Google is listening to you, and they're giving you ads based upon what they're hearing. This, and it was already admitted in paperwork at that point. So I had asked him about this exact same thing. I said, you know, what's the point when you just ask the question as though the thing's just listening to you all the time? And they said, well, there's a couple of things. One, it doesn't just do that without a plug-in, which means that you are, like, partly responsible if this does happen. Right. And second, then I got another note back a few hours later because they apparently reread my question. And right. Not first saying, uh, the Google, uh, the Google, uh, okay, Google thing is not listened to by Google. It's a little piece of code in the computer oh, that you have yeah. that when it hears OK Google, then it opens the oh, channel. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, sure. If that's what they want to say, you know. But anyway, OK Google is this. I said you should just call it Siri 2. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So here's – then it gets a little freakier. Now, this is the guy who's got the new photo app, and you can play this as Google and Faces. Let's talk about recognizing people's faces. If you have an inexpensive phone or um, even an inexpensive camera, those devices can recognize faces. But the state of the art today is to put a rectangle around a face and say, we think there's a face there. Isn't the the state of the art to put a target on the face? (laughs) Isn't that the true state of the art? We've had several breakthroughs at Google. We're now able to deeply recognize the human face and skin. We can tease apart exactly where is the hairline. What are the eyes, the teeth? Is the person wearing jewelry? Do they have glasses on? And we can separate all that out. That breakthrough means that when we do the other effects, things like structure, uh, uh, the tonal enhancement, why we can do something different on the clouds, the water, the mountains, and we can treat the human face completely separately, like a professional would in a tool. Woo! Wow, boy. 
There's another thing they've had. They had the Google uh, Plus uh, upgrade. They're changing the look and feel of Google Plus. Yeah. And they're adding these self-assigned uh, uh, by Google hashtags. And they, the example was <laughs> they said, look, there's a picture of me in front of the Eiffel Tower. And now, look, the hashtag Eiffel Tower has been oh. put there by Google oh. since it recognized the Eiffel Tower. Oh. So, I mean, it just it all sounded like <laughs> such spook stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you think? It is yeah. totally. No, it's it's tools for the press. So the press can make more fake photos, you know, more no, fake. I think it's all tools for the CIA. What is not the same thing? <laughs> press, CIA. Meanwhile, climate change has hit the United Kingdom really hard, John. Springtime in Shropshire. And two weeks after May Day, winter is back. <laughs> this morning they woke up to a whiteout. Two inches of snow, plenty of surprise. Yeah, (laughs) it is. uh, We're halfway to June, and they have snow, (laughs) which was predicted. We the kids would only see it in snow globes. It'll never come back. Now, good good call on that one. You know, they they're in panic mode right now. I've noticed this. They're trying to drop in. uh, all this global warming stuff as fast as they can because they got to solve it I, before it's I noticed, solved. <laughs> I noticed that they, the, 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 there was a couple of massive sun uh, flares. CMEs, coronal mass e- uh, ejection, and it screwed up uh, the, the 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 ham radios. Oh, did it now? Yeah, no, I I can hear. You can you can hear the uh, the the static. It's almost flowing, and you know, all of a sudden, you get a whole bunch of. You just hear everyone from everywhere, and then boom, it's gone. It's just nothing but white noise. You hear nothing at all. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's really it's very bad for Hamvention, which is coming up this weekend. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping up with it. Yeah. You're going to go to Hamvention? No, I can't. Should, we, no, it, it's Dayton, Ohio. It's, no, it's, it's a little complicated. It's too too complicated. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, we're and I was reading about these flares. And it appears that we're at the end of one of the sunspot 22-year cycles. That Correct. means things are going to go the other direction. Correct. Which means we're not going to get... We're at the I solar maximum. Reg- we've talked about this before. I think there's going to be regression in the, in the, in the warming. <laughs> and it then at that point, it's too late. We, if we yeah. can push the global warming stuff in as fast as we can and be on board by the time the regression begins, then, then, then you can say, well, it's a good thing we passed all these laws. Yeah. The things are going back in the right direction. But if we don't get that done, then they're screwed, and there's their cap-and-trade scam is done. Yeah, and then the president won't have his legacy that he saved the Earth. Right. And, and Time Magazine, of course, is on board with it. Here's the uh, senior writer Kluger on the CBS morning show. And uh, when you listen to this, I don't know if we should. I don't think we can not interrupt it because if you ever, if you ever want to hear someone who's on board with the whole program of getting people to believe in this, with just crap he's throwing out there that is completely unprovable, this is the guy. Let's learn more now from Jeffrey Kluger. He's a senior writer for Time Magazine. Jeffrey, good morning. Good morning. So how serious is this and how concerned should we be? He's talking about the uh, recent uh, revelation that we have gone from 350 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere to 400 parts per million. We are pre-dead. It is serious and we should be concerned. The last time the parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere, they're currently 400 ppm. 
Okay. <laughs> God. Were this high. It was two million years ago during, <laughs> during the Pleistocene era. It was two million years ago, John, during the Pleistocene era, era, uh, era when this took place. Because, you know, he was there. He was hanging around. He has fact proof. There were forests in Greenland, and sea levels were 66 feet higher than they are right now. What this means is we are on the west side of Manhattan at this moment. If this keeps up to what it was back then, we would be swimming at this address. <laughs> and my understanding is that... <laughs> so if, if we don't stop it, we're going to be swimming at this address. We're going to be underwater. Proof, fact, two million years ago. Plants and animals can adjust when CO2 levels, levels rise, but just not when it rises this quickly. Well, that's exactly right. Plants and animals do adjust. They... Uh, acclimate very easily to this, but it takes centuries and even millennia for this to happen. If we're at 400 now, we were at 315 back in 1958. That is way too fast for anything. Humans, plants, any kind of the ecosystem to adapt to this. I'm having trouble adapting, John. How you doing? I'm flopping around. <laughs> like a fish out of water. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, no, I, we... I'm so happy that we have, from day one, we have, we have never wavered from our uh, our stance on this. Yes, but let's. I want to remind people because all oh, you guys are just a bunch of skeptics, jerk offs. I am. <laughs> That's only the hot chicks who talk like that to me. I don't know about I you. I <laughs> am. The reason I've always subscribed to the the uh, uh, skeptic side of this equation, besides people. Well, smart people like like uh, Freeman Dyson and Michael Crichton and uh, uh, Rutan, Bert Rutan has a PowerPoint uh, stack. which They're all funded finding. by fossil fuel, man, and big oil. What are you talking and about? There's a lot of smart engineers out there. And, and, all of, and then you hear about guys who are climatologists who won't say anything because they get shouted down, which is what Crichton complained about. But the, the, none of this was the reason I am on board with the uh, skeptic side. It's because of cap and trade. If you're so serious about this, what is the point of the trade? Just cap it. You can't cap it. You, if you were really, if this was a horrible situation, you would cap it. You just cap it. They don't cap it. They cap and trade. So nothing changes. They're, they're all the very. You just. Oh, I'm. It's all bull crap. It's just a. It's a. It's a. It's a financial scam. Cap and trade makes no sense. Anyway, that's the reason. Okay. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. There was a uh, a fun little bit on uh, C-SPAN uh, yesterday. Uh, which, of course, you know, had to move over to C-SPAN 3. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have two machines running because I was recording on one. And they're like, oh, it's not important anymore. Go, And a lot of people don't even have C-SPAN 3, I found out. I do, but... I don't. I only get it on the on the computer. Really? Yeah. Right. The dish only has one and two. They don't have three? Right. Huh. Well, there you go. So, the, so of course, the Attorney General, uh, or the Oversight Committee, the ju Judicial Oversight Committee with Attorney General Eric Holder, of course, that moves to a C-SPAN 3. So, you know, psh, so you can't uh, actually hear it. No, we don't want to watch it. We don't want, yeah. So uh, there's a number of things that were talked about here, and uh, I pulled a couple clips just because I thought they were funny. Did you see any of the uh, any of the hearing? No, I missed the whole thing. Oh, good. Well, here are the highlights. You don't need much more than what I'm going to play for you. First, we start with uh, Representative Delvaney, and she uh, has a question regarding the IRS. This was in the news recently, so it's a very relevant question. Uh, the IRS having the authority to uh, read your email. 
Uh, unlike, you know, they can't read your mail, they can't come into your house and just bust it open and just grab stuff. Um, and it's it's really interesting to hear how hold is because you, you don't obviously you have to see it to know what happened here. So this question comes up and he and people were handing him notes the entire time. And he is now trying to read the note and not doing a good job of it. Um, a few weeks ago, there were news reports about documents obtained by the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, that revealed internal memos that said the FBI believed it could obtain the contents of Americans' emails without a warrant if the emails were sent to or received by a third-party service like Hotmail or Yahoo, Outlook.com, Gmail. Um, do you believe the government has a right to obtain emails without a warrant? And, um, well, first I'll ask you that. <laughs> hey, so here's like, here going. Well, right back to our post office argument. The show is getting repetitive. Yep. Uh, well, I, I, the um... <laughs> he's looking at the note and he can't figure out. So it's either he can't read the handwriting There's or a it's, talking point on there. He can't find. He it. can't figure it out. The authorities that that we have are, I guess, in some ways, you know, de decide or defined by ECPA. <laughs> um... <laughs> he, so he's just reading ECPA, which of course is the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, but he doesn't even. He's an ECPA. Because he has no idea what he's talking about. And we have testified, uh, there have been people who have testified on behalf of, of uh, the Justice Department, uh, is how we... It, this was funny, right? I'm like, you can't oh, yeah, write no, this. This is a gem. This is a gem, yeah. Update the abilities that we have so that we are, um, we have the ability to conduct investigations <laughs> in as quick a fashion as we can, given the technologies, the new technologies that, um, that, that we face. Um, and how would we apply rules that exist? Uh, Let's try this one. Um, the Constitution, you douche. Um, with regard to uh, obtaining information without court orders um, in this new era. And so I, I think that's the, the question that we, that, we, uh, that, we, that we wrestle with. <laughs> I just thought that was great how he's like, uh... They don't wrestle very hard, do they? Well, so there's a follow-up, and he, he just wants new rules. New rules. Let's, we can certainly we can find some rules to uh, I don't know over you know just trample on the Constitution. You do not have the right, but they're, they're going to come up with these rules. And of course, now everyone is all on board with their Gmail, their Outlook, their Hotmail, whatever. I run my own mail server, people, and I I think you should do that the same. So you know the only way they can get to it is physically coming into my house or hacking into my computer, which both would. This is no one here except Miss Mickey. Maybe is going to hand it over like Google. Yeah, like Google, your friend over there, Matt Cutts. Now you're not going to get that. So here's the here's him talking about the rules. I think we have become more and more an information society, and um, there the, we still have and should have expectations of privacy. However, it is that we communicate. At the same time, I want to make sure that law enforcement, in the way that it did. 40, 50 years ago, has the ability to acquire information. Now, what, what, what was, uh, help me with this, 40, 50 years, he wants to, it to be as good as 40, 50 years ago. So that would place it at uh, the 70s? The late 70s, the Nixonian uh, era. Was that a great time for everybody? No, it was a depression from seven from sixty nine to about uh, eighty. So he feels that he 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 wants it to go back to those good old days when I guess you could just like bust down and get whatever you wanted. I'm not sure what he means by that. Can you play it again so I can listen to it sure. more carefully? Yeah. What you What are you doing? 
I'm listening, but I wasn't listening with that in mind. To make sure that law enforcement, in the way that it did 40, 50 years ago, has the ability to acquire information. And how we strike that balance, uh, I think, is really important and is really one of the most important conversations that I think that we can have in the 21st century and one that I think that uh, this administration would like to engage with Congress on so that we come up with a set of rules um, that probably not perfect, Probably but we'll not. meet. Um, we'll meet somewhere in the middle, so that we have that that we can maintain privacy while at the same time um, maintaining <laughs> that ability that law enforcement has to have. We can't. Yeah, law enforcement has to have that ability, which that's. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because there was no encryption. It was just you could just throw a you know put an alligator clip on the telephone pole. Is that what he means by that? I you know I think he's blowing smoke. I don't think he means anything by it. Mm. So uh, he got really so now we get into some anger, which was always fun. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Him and Isa got into it, uh, Mr. Attorney General. Uh- this is about uh, okay. So there's a little setup to this. So he is uh, he's been called in. And, uh, you know, of course, the White House, the most transparent administration in all of history ever, have released uh, a whopping 34 emails, headers, <laughs> headers only, by the way, oh. <laughs> just headers, not even the content of the emails, which is fair because that's all they get from us when they tap us. And uh, and Isa cracks a joke and Holder goes off on it. Uh- our, our investigators have seen 34 of the 35 admitted uh, emails that violate the Federal Records Act. Uh, they have only seen the to and from. They have not seen the, the deliberative contents, and they have not seen the remainder of the 1,200 emails. Mr. Cummings, my ranking member, joined in a letter requesting that we have the full contents pursuant to our subpoena of all 1,200. Will you make them available to the committee based on our bipartisan request? I will certainly look at the request. It's not something that I have personally been involved in, but I'll look at the request and try to be as responsive as we can. I'm sure there must have been a good reason why only the to and from parts were provided. Yes, you didn't want us to see the details. Mr. Attorney General, no, in no, knowing no, the to and from, typically do. knowing the no, to I'm and from. I'm not going to stop talking now. Uh, yeah, Mr. Characterize something as something uh, to Mr. The Chairman, would you inform the, the witness as to the rules of this committee? Appropriate and is too consistent with the way in which you conduct yourself as a member of Congress. It's unacceptable and it's shameful. The uh, gentleman uh, has the time and the gentleman <laughs> may ask the questions uh, that... Uh, it's shameful! Stop stop pestering me! It's shameful! Don't do that anymore! So this, of course, is a Republican-dominated uh, conversation, which makes it even funnier. And we have, um, I think he's a new guy, Collins. Is Collins new to the process here? I've never I don't seen know a Collins. The only one I know is the woman Collins up in. No, this is Dude Collins. I think he's from. He's made, I think he's from Texas. And oh, that yeah, there is a Collins. He's new, right? Yeah, he's new. I think he's new. Yeah, consult the Book of Knowledge up. on that. So Collins. So here's. here's I'll use Google to look it up. Yeah, please. Oh, you 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 are so hypocritical, you you hypocrite. Okay, I'm going. By the way, I use Yacy as my search engine. Y a c y. Yet another search engine. Which is a peer-to-peer search engine? I suggest. I got it, nasty. You, know, so you should use Duck Duck Go. <laughs> yeah, that's not venture funded. They're not trying to make any money. Oh, yeah. no, they're, they're all good. Sorry. They're all good. They're all great. Who who bought Alta Vista? Remember Alta Vista? I think it was bought by Google. And I thought didn't Yahoo buy that? Oh, maybe Yahoo and Google would start buying everybody up, and then Yahoo ended up using the Microsoft product. It just baffles me. Anyways, go on. Yeah. Uh, 
that Y A C Y Y A C. You should really look into that. It's, it's pretty. It's yeah, not yeah, fast. I it's not fast it. enough for for doing stuff uh, on, on during the show. That's the problem. But it'll get better. I'm, I, I, st- I stick with this stuff anyway. Uh, so Collins. So part of the um, the IRS issue is it? Um, what is it? IRS or AP? <laughs> One of the scandals. Um, Attorney General Holder, who of course works Chris, for is it? Chris Collins. He's in New York. Or Doug Collins, Chris Collins, yeah, Ford I, Collins. It's Ford Collins. Collins. It's got to be. Uh, it's a. Re- he's a Republican, so I don't know. Anyway, so Holder was supposed to recuse himself from the investigation. This is uh, this is AP. This is uh, spying on reporters. Right, right? classic spy. Yeah, classic, of course. But we had to do that obviously for national security because you know we were all going to die if they didn't uh, spy on the on the journalists. And the journalists, you know, I was like. Pfft, you know, they're making a big stink out of it for some leverage, but you know, let's really be honest. You know, they they need this complete compromise situation to continue, so it, it's meaningless. But because of Holder's previous law firm, he had to recuse himself from the investigation. But uh, he forgot to put it in writing, which kind of means like you didn't actually recuse yourself. But maybe he did. Maybe. Maybe he's not sure about. Well, gee, now, now, now I'm not sure what. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he doesn't really know what he's doing. No. I, I'm trying to find out who authorized the subpoena. You can't tell me if Deputy Attorney General Cole authorized. I'm sorry, that was, that's the wrong clip. Here's the clip I meant. The question that I have is: is this being the committee in which is oversight that you need that you come to? And this will be maybe the first, but probably not the only time we'll talk in this capacity is it concerns me the lack of preparation or at least he's from texas for sure (laughs) he's definitely not the same guy i'm looking at perceived lack of preparation in which you come here today and miss lofgren from across i made a statement about uh did you put it in writing and we've had this discussion about your recusal and your answer to that was did uh that i don't think i put it in writing i'm not sure did you not think those questions were going to be asked of you today <laughs> that is a classic the way he said did, did you not think those questions going to be did you not think when you put your dick in there that that was not a bad thing to do Billy Bob? That when you recused yourself from this, when you were actually, did you did you just honestly think those would not be asked today? I didn't think about whether or not you were going to ask me that question at all, one way or the other, but I wanted to. You're kidding me. You come to this committee today with these issues like they are right now. This guy is great. This is so, so country. So country. And it's about to get ugly. Let me finish, Congressman. What I, no, I'm, no, what I said, right? what I was going to say was that Mr. I General, asked my Mr. General, own people I reclaim my time for just there a was a Mr. Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. Already. Chairman, can Mr. you make Chairman. your ruling again on who controls the time? Give the, uh, time. Uh, the time is controlled by the gentleman from Georgia. He can have extra time. Let me just. Who controls the time? Uh, give him the, extra uh, time. Me, the uh, time is controlled by the gentleman from Georgia. He can have extra time. Let me just answer the question. Uh, Who, so he doesn't must, can't say he has extra time. I know. I know. Here it comes. Journey, you don't control the time here. <laughs> you don't control the time, bitch. It's so. I love. It was so wonderful. I'm willing to give. Okay, that's okay. Fine. But my question is this. He's like, I'm willing to give... He, now, Holder is saying, I'm willing to give you more time. This guy is so arrogant. As I come back to this... Mr. Mr. Chairman, could, could the witness have a chance to... <laughs> the witness will, will have a full opportunity to respond, but the gentleman from Georgia has the opportunity for Mr. to ask his question. Mr. Chairman, just, just, just to make a point, 
the attorney general stayed here extra time. Now, these, of course, are the Democrats all piling on. Uh, and, and you're about to hear our favorite. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Cheryl Lee Jackson. Oh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, whatever. Oh. To make sure that everyone had a chance to ask their question. Considering the fact that he's still here past his time, uh, why can't he answer the question that's posed to him? He will get an opportunity to answer the question just as soon as Mr. Collins finishes posing his questions. And we'll give him extra time after Mr. Collins' time has expired, just as we have done for the Attorney General on several occasions. Well, and I'm glad Mr. I'll Chairman, may, may I just a moment? Oh, here she goes. I would appreciate it. I know that some of us have... Uh, deep bass-like voices might sound that we're not being friendly and happy, but I would appreciate a little civility in the questioning of the Attorney General as uh, as we proceed to the conclusion. And this, I didn't, what the hell is she talking about? Because Collins doesn't have a deep bass voice. Who has a deep vo bass voice on here except for Holder's? <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, can we have some civility? Stop pestering my man. I yield back. The gentleman from Georgia may proceed. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. In opposed to this, I just have just a simple question. It was amazing to me that the question was, did you not think that you would be asked about maybe the timeline on when you might have recused yourself? Because you also said at one point you recused yourself before subpoenas or it was that. There was some question even in your own dialogue about when you actually did this. So I'm just asking. No, 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 no. And just, just so you hear how your government works, wait for it. A simple question. As, as the others on the other side, they've got to answer their, ask their questions. I'm now asking mine. Did you not think that someone on this panel would have asked you those questions? I did not know whether anybody would ask me that question, but irrespective of that, I thought that was an important factor, an important fact, and it was one of the reasons why I asked my staff Facts. to find out, irrespective of what was going to happen up here today, whether or not there was in writing a recusal. Have I asked that question myself, thinking that it was. <laughs> I said to myself, self? Did you put that recusal in writing, or did you, could you make it a little vague so you can say you did that recusal post-mortem so you can uh, rectify the abilify problem when it comes up? Important question. I did not know. I don't know what you are going to ask me. Um, so that's why I was saying I didn't know whether or not you were going to ask the question, but I thought it was an important one and one that I put to my staff. I put that to my staff, and they said, we don't know, but you can say you know that you didn't know. that Maybe you had the recusal written in writing, but, you know, hey, I don't know what you want to ask me. So here is the final clip that I'll play from this where his true colors come through, where he gets his extra time and he throws a smackdown shut up slave. Because you know, the attorney general, what is he to the American people? He's the uh, number one law enforcer. But is he the boss of me? Well, he shouldn't be. So he's uh, works servant. for you. He's, he's, a, he's actually your servant. Thank you. A civil servant. He works yes. for me, and his primary job is to uphold and protect the Constitution. But that's not how Attorney General Eric Holder sees himself when you get in his face. Well, that's fine. And I, look, uh, you know, I respect the oversight um, role that, that, that Congress plays. This isn't always a pleasant experience. It's one that I recognize that you, you go through as a, an executive branch officer. Uh, the one thing I've tried to do is always be respectful of the people who've asked me questions. I don't frankly think I've always been treated with uh, a great deal of respect. And I don't, it's not even a personal thing. If you don't like me, that's one thing. But I am the Attorney General of the United States. Hey. <laughs> and just so you know, I can fuck you up. This is crazy. <laughs> These people are so out of control. 
Anyway, so that was about it. I mean, of course, there's nothing else because they're all just playing little footsies and little games, and they're all complicit in the game. Anyway, the guy's Doug Collins. He's uh, District 9 in Georgia. Oh, Georgia. That makes sense. Uh, good. Good on him. Well, I thought it was pretty funny. He was certainly entertaining as a uh, as a new player on the scene. Yeah, but he was on C-SPAN 3. He's like, he's like on a minor league team. He's, he's, he's going to have to move up the ladder here to get our attention. He's got some work to do. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. No agenda, like a kick to the crotch. Seems that you like that. <laughs> I like it very much. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. And we do have a couple people to thank, and let's thank them. Uh, Kevin Lacombe in Port Orchard, Washington. $146. Pleased to hear of the many producers in Port Orchard huh. and other parts of the Kitsap County. Hmm. That's so awesome. Sounds like a great place for a future Hot Pocket Tour stop today. Thursday is my wife Adelaide's birthday. Do we have her on the list? Uh, do we? Let me check. 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 Adele. It's Adele. Sorry. Mm. Adele Lacombe. No. Capital L, small A, capital C, small oh. O, small M, small B, small E. Hold on. Where are you even looking? What? Where are you reading this from? I'm reading it off the spreadsheet. I don't see it. Okay, well, then put it on. Okay, well, so it's Kevin Lacombe. But this is not my job. It's, yeah. Yeah, you can, no comeback. Kevin Lacombe. I'll bitch about it to the, to the, to the minions. Says happy birthday to, what's his name, Adele? What's her name? Yes. Adele. Adele. A-D-E-L-E. Adele. Okay. All right. Got it. Jeez. Uh, he wants a one hot milf in an LGY. <sighs> I thought we weren't doing this anymore. I, I, we get to do. We spot. We do spots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you know, I was like, I'm. I'm writing down. I'm doing a lot of work here. Like I'm writing down <laughs> birthdays. I'm like, oh, now we got to do this. Like that's one hot milf, baby. Yay! All right. All right. Okay. Uh, Alejandro. Uh, one eleven eleven. Michael Supko, Belmar Joyzy, $100, that was a check. Christopher McClymont in Lewisham, New South Wales, $100. Uh, he sends 100 because love is the most powerful, never mind. It's the most powerful thing on the planet. By the way, that was, uh, I did go back to the Google thing again. They kept, they kept doing the love thing. Well, they ripped it off from? Love. It's the most powerful thing on the planet. They ripped it off. That's what it is. They're trying to kill you with love. Be careful. Be careful of unicorns. Photography. San Francisco, $88.88. Cook in Guthrie, Oklahoma, $88.88. Oh, hold on a second. I got to rewind it. There we go. Can I get a new tape recorder? (laughs) Get a new tape recorder. You okay. need a new tape recorder. Yeah. On Sunday, he sent a successful in-the-morning message via APRS up to the International Space Station. <laughs> I checked. He did. It was received and digipated. What? Digipated. As a digipeter. Oh, digipeted. Oh, Way to go, digipeted. Ham. It was digipeted back down to all. Nothing like using a $120 billion space station for our personal fun. In the morning. 73 Doug. KD5 PDN. I love that. It's true. So the APRS, you can um, 
it's uh, you know you can send messages, but you can send uh, location data, and it connects through the internet. But it's really fun when it connects through uh, through the through the radio waves. How <laughs> he send it it's to the, the space station. Good work. We need more of that. Much yes. more of that. Very good. I like the I like the expense of it too. Yeah. Uh, and that was Doug Cook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paul Schneider and Edmonton, Alberta. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine. That's our new theme for sixty-nine, sixty. That's one of our producers. A little kid. Yeah. That's one of our <laughs> kind of gross. That's what Edmonton, there Alberta. Should, there should be a note about that. <laughs> Is there not a note? I didn't see it. You know, I, it's like I'm getting worried now because Michael. Let's go on. Let's get these done. Michael Miller and Tiburon Calif. Don't get worried. Sixty nine, sixty nine. He's our buddy over here. Christina Lake in Lisbon, Maine. Sixty nine, sixty nine. And do we have the thirty second birthday to our awesome husband, Sir Richard Harriman? Yes. Uh, Patrick Vaughn, Sir Patrick Vaughn in Traverse City, Michigan. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, and he needs his ring, so I'm on, I'm on it. 69! 69, 69, dudes! Barbara Klein, uh, Greenwood, Indiana, 67 bucks, and she had a check. A check. She sent a check in with a note I have here. Uh, she goes on and on. By the way, did you know that kids today can't read uh, uh, longhand? Really? Yeah. Is that fact? It's fact. My son, J. Buzzkill Jr., can't read longhand. My daughter can't read longhand. They don't teach it anymore. Well, what did they learn in that homeschool of yours? Oh, they wouldn't learn longhand. They would say type. Everything is on the computer. They don't write. And so when somebody writes in a long note like uh, Barbara Klein did here, uh-huh. uh, they can't, I have to read it <laughs> Okay, so here's how I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where you're going. I get it. So the spreadsheet's being put together, and a check comes in with a note. And the kids are all like, "Can you read this crap?" I don't want that. <laughs> I can't read. Screw this. it. Just, just, just throw the note in front of Dad's nose. He'll figure it out. So anyway, she says our efforts are heroic. I had to read that. Mm-hmm. And she says you'll soon be permanent residents of the SPLC list. I have been That's on right. that list myself. She's talking about the Google Sub- Southern Poverty Law Center is what she's talking about. That's the SPLC. Yeah, that's what I think. You're a hate group. Oh. That's what she's talking about. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get it at first. We're not a hate group. Yes, you are. What do you mean, me? <laughs> you. <laughs> specifically, you. I'm smelling like a rose. Because I talk about unicorns and rainbows, and you're all about just hate and anger. Personal auto advisors in Gardner, Kansas. Uh, um, 6788. Uh, he was saving to become a knight with one big donation, but the IRS decided to... I made too much money. Now my wife says all the extra money has to go to the IRS bill before I can have a life. Oh, I hate that. So he's going for Grand Duke. Uh, a. Schlunt Bodine. Sir Scott no, William. Sir Scott William. I don't know what that is all about. Ann Arbor, Michigan, 55-55. And we have Alicia May. Is she on the list? We have a lot of we birthdays do. today. We do. Yeah, we do. Uh, Stefan from Denver. Or Stephen. Double nickels on the dime. James Mann, uh, Mann in Ringgold, Louisiana. Double nickels on the dime. Also a check, right? These are all yeah. checks. This is good. Sorry, what? These are all checks that are coming in. People yeah, are checks. using checks. Good. Stephanie Lusby in Mid- Midlo- Midlothian. Yeah, you know how to pronounce that. So why Mid- So why do we think it's Stephen, but then it's not Stephanie? 
I don't think it's Stephen. I think it's Stefan, and it's Stephanie. I think it's Stephen and Stephanie. Stephanie. <laughs> okay. All right. He needs a MILF call out for his wife, Stephanie. Stephanie. Donation from Tom. Ah, uh, but it's on her account. If, well, just give her a, a, a MILF. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. Matthew Forrest and Whaley Bridge, Derbyshire. Double nickels on the dime. Had a tough couple of years. Uh, does he want a karma? I don't see anything. Oh, he would like to hear a Kiki Science oh, as yeah. her voice gives me a semi. All right. Shut I'm up ready. already. It's science. Yeah. All right. Back off. <laughs> you have a semi for more than three hours. Consult your health care provider. I, the, uh, Marvin Stoltzfus. <laughs> I'm not having any fun. <laughs> Marvin Stoltzfus. In Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, fifty-five fifty. Thank you. Fifty-one fifty. Sorry, Mary Mesner in Fair Oaks, California, fifty dollars. Kevin Payne, Kevin Payne in Richmond, Virginia, fifty bucks. Uh, Eric Olson. Uh, do we have another? Do- we have another birthday. Uh, Annika. Anika. Not Anika. <laughs> Annika. Okay. Annika. Is she on the list? Yes, yeah, she's on the list. Water Valley, Mississippi nuts, and. Josh McDonald, uh, Brunswick Victorious, J- Jason Fortune, Geneva, Illinois, Chris, Sir Chris Lewinsky in Sherwood Park, Alberta, where all the money is, Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington, another one, Mike Westerfield, uh, Sir Mike to you, and finally, Philip Meeson in Powes, and Dan Greb in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, all 50 bucks. And we want to thank every one of them for contributing to the show. 513. And uh, uh, you have a note from someone who's uh, said he just wants us to acknowledge the note. Yes, no, note acknowledged. It's a fear fan at Yahoo. So we'll. All right. Billy. Oh, Billy. All right. So uh, li- this could have been better. And I'm very concerned. Uh, because there's a lot of knights and dukes and earls who are in this list. Not a lot of new people, not a lot of people who have been... I know you've been listening and haven't contributed, so you clearly don't see the value in it. Okay, good. But I, you yeah, know, we do have a lot of knights in this list. Well, that's what's great about it, but, you know, come Sunday, we'll see and how... An earl. Yeah, we'll see how great we feel come Sunday. The, right. uh, the 6969, by the way, that is a, a little uh, Damien... Uh, whose dad, uh, Aaron, that's a Damien Yoho, you know, Aaron Yoho. He's a long-term supporter of the program. Uh, Damien turns four today, and uh, much to his mom's chagrin, uh, this is what he keeps repeating around the house. Chicken on, chicken on, dude. <laughs> just, just see mom getting really pissed about that. What is this no agenda crap? Those guys are ruining our child. <laughs> I also have a, um, a quick note here that I neglected on uh, Sunday. I want to thank uh, producer Mike from the main town of Newport. Uh, we live in a small main town of Newport on a double lot, have several mature maple trees on the property. Three years ago, we tapped our trees for the first time and started down the road of making our own maple syrup ever since. And they sent us a jar of their own maple syrup. Indeed. Which I, did you get some as well? Yes. Uh, have you tried it yet? 
Of course. Then what did you think? I think it's outstanding. Outstanding product. I would agree. It was really, I had it on the pancake Sunday, and for some reason I didn't get to it. And I will, ha- but it goes quick. <laughs> it's just like gold. It's like liquid gold. Like oh man, and and we had guests over on Sunday, and yeah. th- and they got up a little bit late. And here's what I did. So Ms. Mickey, of course, always makes pancakes on Sunday. It's for good luck, good luck and karma. So I had my pancakes with the uh, with the homemade maple syrup, and our guests came down for pancakes. I gave them <laughs> the whole food stuff. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my great maple syrup directly from Maine on the peasants. That's exactly right. I'm like, in fact, it's Mickey's family, and she said, "No, don't give them that." <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> and she's right. Screw that. I do love I do love getting all the homemade products. And we never heard from our Noah in the Moonshine guy again, ever. I know what happened to him. I don't know. I mean that product I is so outstanding. Mail. I gotta figure out who he was. That I was, don't think I don't know, maybe Mr. the fact that we love this stuff and oh. this bottle's dynamite. And I have like a little layer left in the bottle and I'm just oh, saying. I have it. only had the one no, I haven't even I had the one taste of it. I refuse oh. to drink it down because it's it's too much of a conversation piece. I have I have almost just annihilated the whole bottle, and I'm just keeping a little bit left for you know, you know, you know that moment in time where the you know the the planet's going to crash into the Earth and we're all going to die. You know that that moment, I'll be like, ah, this is what I've been looking forward to, and I'll have that last sip of No Agenda Moonshine. <laughs> Adios, mofos. That'll be it's it. stronger than uh, Everclear. It's 90% alcohol. It's 180 yeah. proof. Yeah. It and is Everclear. Place with that. It's probably a weapon of mass destruction <laughs> if you think about it. It's Windex. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it, it's an outstanding product, and I really miss it. And I also I just want to thank Elise Garling again, who, who uh, sent them the limoncello, uh, which... Um, Somehow your bottle got mixed up with my bottle, John. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and now it's, it's and apparently both bottles in, are the, gone. in the pissoir. <laughs> both bottles are gone. <laughs> that stuff's strong. Who's Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I stopped drugs because alcohol is so much more fun. It really <laughs> is. Drugs. <laughs> drugs is alcohol is known to be great. <laughs> alcohol is fantastic. It really is. Just gotta watch. We just gotta watch it. You know, Miss Mickey gets a little loopy. Oh, and you're a lightweight. Oh no, I am. I after I'm I, I'm two or three. I'm done. I'm I'm. You know me. I get like yeah, uh, I do, and it's like I find it highly amusing because <laughs> I, I I would have to at this point assume it's genetic. It's like you're oh, I, in or I'm Asian sure or I can. Something. I'm sure I can do it. I'm Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I need to test for that Asian gene. Exactly. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Please consider us uh, with your donation. Even if the monthlies are great, by the way. I love it when you guys sign up for the monthlies because if we ask long enough, in about 10 years, we'll be able no, to sustain. We enough. We Come, even enough. though they cancel people left and right for no yeah. apparent reason. And now they're sending them notices to scare the public. I got an uh, email from Mrs. G. Roper, our TSA shill, who gave us all the inside dirt on... Uh, on uh, how to get through the uh, without going through the slave scanner. Yeah. So he is an actual TSA employee, uh, and she sent me a very long, very lovely note. Um, and uh, what she really, you know, there, they said we really have no money as a, you know, a lowly 
low life, I think she meant to say, a TSA employee. Uh, but we we really are uh, big fans of the show, and that's why they you know giving us all these tips. But Friday the seventeenth is their fifth an- wedding anniversary, oh. and she wanted me to uh, to say happy anniversary to uh, G Roper and uh, and to her, of course. And you know what? Uh, send a picture. I wonder what these TSA guys are getting. You know, I, you know, it would be nice if I could see your face, but that's okay. You know, the uh, I was, yeah, these some of the, the TSA people get a miserable job, and then they have to put up with, with, with us, with us, with us, <laughs> well, us and the public in general, and they're represented and, by uh, blogger Bob. Some I mean, of them are a holes. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And you yeah. run into you, you always would cite the guys who used to be shouting all the time. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know those guys. Well, of course, they've all quit by now. Mm-hmm. Now that people are left over, are kind of like you know they can't get out of the kinds but of also, work. Imagine the the the, the public facing front of your organization is blogger Bob. I mean, how horrible! <laughs> God, that guy's an idiot. What a dick. Yeah, what that's a bad dick. Blo- okay, uh, and uh, now ladies and gentlemen, let's hit our birthdays. It's your birthday, birthday. Christina Lake Harriman says, Happy birthday to Sir Richard Harriman, turned 32 on the 14th. Sir Scott William says, Happy birthday to Elisa May. Uh, she celebrated yesterday. Eric Olson says, Happy birthday to his daughter Annika. She celebrates tomorrow. Aaron Yoho, of course, as we know, says, Happy fourth birthday to Slavelet Damien. Uh, he is celebrating today. John congratulates himself, turning 46 tomorrow. Dan Dudas, his brother Chris Dudas, turned 35 on the 10th. Happy birthday. Sorry we missed that, by the way. I'm not quite sure what happened, but. No, I do know what happened. Buzzkill Jr. messed it up. So, happy birthday belatedly, Chris. And Kevin Lacombe says happy birthday to the lovely Adele. And we say happy birthday to all of you. From your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. Hell yeah. Um, how about... How about this? Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. This it's his faster version. You like it? Much better because the other one's just too. It just yeah. drags. A yeah, bit. but it, it's a hit. This is a. Is this an existing melody? Because I, I wind up singing yeah, this it, to it myself. it sounds familiar. I wind up singing it to myself. <laughs> I had something I was singing to myself the other day. I, oh, and no. I still do this. And I think everybody who listens to the show a lot does this. You're watching television. Some guy comes on and you think you, you hear that you hear it in your head. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot. Bag. You know what a lot of people have in their head? Is, something, something. That one really, really freaks people out. Because you see the signs everywhere now. And then, oh. And you see the words, and then you're like, when are they going to license this from us? I think it's a great thing. Play it again. Yeah, I mean, this is so license-worthy. If you see something, say something. And that is the Jeff Smith, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's that's good stuff. That is, that is it's quality. amazing how talented a jingle master can be when they do, you just take the simple words, and then, you know, it's better than auto-tunes. <laughs> so, we're in our slave training uh, topic here, and... Uh, of course, we encourage human resources to send us emails regarding their experiences in school with uh, drills and the like. And also, we've been asking uh, parents if uh, you know if their children come home with something weird. And the the thing that is just really I'm loving so much, John, is that we have young people listening to this show. 
we have teenagers, high school students listening to this show, which means there is hope. <laughs> yes, there is hope. So um, I'd like to uh, share a couple of these emails, uh, if you don't, if you're okay with that. I think that. that's what the segment's all about. All right. So here is uh, producer Aaron. I, I'm not only going to give first names because you know I, I, they're underage, and we got to be careful. Hey, Adam. Hi, everybody. When you get an email from a high school student who says, Hi, everybody, I mean, does that not just put a smile on your face, John? <laughs> it does for me. I just listened to last Thursday's episode, was listening to you reading about lockdown drills and just had to chime in on my experience. Right after the Columbine, quote, massacre, I, in particular, was singled out as a potential shoot 'em up nut job because <laughs> I suppose I wore black all the time, listened to metal bands, and it was widely known that until 10th grade, the year before Columbine, I was often the victim of physical and emotional bullying. Unlike modern bullying campaigns, I ended this by stomping the ever-living shit out of the last person that bullied me, just as my father had told me to, finally, and that pretty much ended it. Very good. Anyway, moving on. After Columbine, I was called down to the guidance office all the time. A county brownie, i.e. sheriff's officer, was present at all meetings. At one of these intellectually exhaustive meetings, I was asked if I were to go on a rampage like the kids at Columbine, <laughs> how would I go about it? Tired of these overt, conspicuous meetings that made me even more of an outcast among the school populace, I decided to see if I could make these two assholes crap themselves like Al Roker in the White House. Can you believe that these kids are great writers, John? This is, this is such a future. They may not be able to read longhand, but boy, they got, they got word skills. I told them that since they've instituted these lockdown procedures, I'd found out that the principal's office area, a group of offices for the principal, vice principal, and guidance counselors, was where I'd go first, because there was a single button unlocked by a key the principal and vice principal had that magnetically sealed all classroom doors in the building. I told them I'd be the, that'd be the first place I'd hit. Lock down the school, cut the outside phone and network lines. Cell phones weren't something very uh, every kid had at the time. Then, using the principal's master key and knowing the windows didn't open, I'd go from room to room, opening them up, chucking in a grenade or something, finishing off anyone who was left. This way, I told them I'd get the maximum kill count. Well, the look on their face was priceless. I t- <laughs> I, t- I believe this, too. I really believe this happened. I told them that in locking down the school, they were, in fact, putting everyone in more danger and would essentially be responsible for a school full of dead kids. Then I told them that doing that would be easy, but I'm way too lazy to carry it out, so they had nothing to fear from me, but every reason to fear their own procedures. After that, it was adios mofos, and they sent me on my way, never to interrogate me again. They changed lockdown procedures after that by way of never having them again. But I did notice that two more police were stationed uh, there, giving a total of three. So this has been going on for some time, at least over a decade in regards of lockdown procedures. Just had to chime in with my experience. So I thought that was a very good email. That's a very good email, and it and actually makes sense. Yes. Yeah, lockdown procedures. For one thing, let's take here's the way it's been going. We've gotten the notes. And the kids get locked down, they're told to hide and they lock the doors and then they shh, shh, don't say anything. So the guy's coming in to kill all the kids. And all of a sudden the school's empty. Is that what they're trying to make him think? It's mad. Shh, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. I might as well go someplace else. Have you ever, Is that what they're they actually yes. think that's gonna Have, No, this this guy, our, our friend here, he is he's right. 
it's creating a situation that's, that will end up with a school full of dead kids because that's what you do. You lock it down so you can't get out, and then you throw a grenade in each one of the rooms. Exactly what he said. He's, he's dead on, dead right. Second email from uh, Nick Hill. Hi, Adam. I've been a listener to the show for a year now, but I'm a high school junior, so I have no money to donate. I'll donate once I have money to spend. Ah, such a logic is great. At our school, they used to have drills similar to what was talked about on show 512, where the principal would come on the intercom and tell us, Code Blue! To <laughs> oh, God. Code Blue! To trigger a lockdown. We would then all hide in a corner like the subservient slaves that we are until the principal would say, All clear! Wow. This school year, as apparently district policy, we've been told to adopt a new strategy for combating any potential threat. Arming ourselves! Not with guns, of course, but with textbooks and calculators, pencils, and pens. We arm ourselves to attack an invader with whatever means necessary. We also barricade the door with desks. Apparently, they didn't think that a school shooter could break the glass window right next to the door. <laughs> needless, to, <laughs> needless to say, I prefer the new strategy better than cowering like slaves in the corner. I like the concept of armed resistance in schools very much. Living the mac and cheese life, hopefully soon to be producer. You are always a producer when you contribute. You're just not an executive producer. All right, no worries. You'll, you'll hook us up when appropriate. Okay, uh, last one from Keegan. Adam, I really enjoyed your analysis of the anti-bullying epidemic. I was talking to my dad about the issue of taunting, him being a sports fan. He told me that the Ohio State Buckeyes frequently get the taunting penalty pulled on them. Apparently, they have an O for Ohio printed on the underside of their gloves that they flash after scoring touchdowns. They are prohibited from flashing this at the crowd as it arouses their fans and in turn hurts the other football team's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's great. Uh, okay. After thinking more on this, I realized that my school is just as bad as their see something, say something bully policy. Bully policy. I go to the elitist white school, Matawan, in the right-wing hillbilly capital of the Communist Republic of Michigan, <laughs> Kalamazoo. Wow, this guy's good. I realize that you two are completely correct about it being a slave training camp, and they've only upped the gun. Not literally, because guns are bad when the slaves have them. My French teacher, for example, has locked her door every day since Columbine, which makes bathroom breaks a bitch especially when one is late for class after the giant voice system has given us a final warning. The teachers are also required to wear name tags and drills are very frequent. In order to strike fear into us slaves, we are ordered to turn the lights off, crawl into the corner of the room on the same side of the door so that there are no peepers through the window of the door. We then crouch down, or as we refer, or as we refer to it, bend over and shut up for 15 minutes. My English teacher tells of a story when he was first teaching. The SWAT team came to perform a safety drill at the school, and teachers were informed not to open their doors or speak at all. Ten minutes went by, and assuming the drill was finished, he heard a knock at the door and proceeded to open it. When he did, the stage shooter proceeded to shoot him with a blank in front of the class. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this will show you, you douche. Wow. But this is nothing compared to the slave food lunches that we are served. 
Every day, nachos are served. They are essentially stale tortillas with cheap as wet cigarette butts, horse meat, and cheap cheddar melted on the top. I have suggested to the office many times they should be serving tuna a la king, but they haven't responded, so I'm assuming it doesn't fit their budget. <laughs> the staff seems to have taken this just as well as they took the no agenda CDs I gave them. <laughs> Love the show. Wish you two best of luck. Hookers and Blow from Keegan. Adam just read his email on the No Agenda show. <laughs> Good work, kids. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it's good stuff. But this will be a regular segment that we'll probably have for about six months before we run out of material. I mean, it just keeps going. It really does. It just keeps on going. Yeah, so we invite anybody out there who has one of these school experiences at any level, uh, including college, that that's so ludicrous that you can't. It's just that you be it's be you're beside yourself. Send yeah. the letter, we'll yeah. read it. Yeah. So was it not our economic hitman who told us? Was it Malawi or Mali? Was he? Uh, did he say was, Malawi? It was the other one. Malawi or Mali? I think it was. M- now, I can't remember now. I can't remember either. But, you know, we, we've had our eye on Mali. And, and what has happened in... May have been Malawi. May have been. What has happened in front of our very eyes. Um, and this this actually this came at the same time. Actually, email. the economic hitman was in town recently. I didn't get a, a, in touch with him. I got to send him an email today, I guess, to figure out where he is. Well, um, so this kind of fits in with an email that we got. Just briefly, uh, one of our producers who was in Belgium. I said, in the morning, guys, I just want to let you know that today I sat in a series of NATO, of presentations at NATO HQ for all the chiefs of defense staff. How cool is that? Uh, That's very cool. Yeah, without giving too much away, you are so absolutely spot on with your pipeline theories. It really is all about the pipes. Also, you may be interested to know that I am, that I had an I am awake moment. The French gave a brief about Mali and one of the slides about the weapons arsenal they found in Mali. Remember, we were listening to the stories about they, they invaded the capital and they found like a, 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 a dude with a hand grenade. That was it. That was the entire, like yeah. all the terrorists. Uh, they found in Mali, so they, the weapons arsenal they found in Mali consisted of a few boxes of rounds and 27 rocket launcher grenades. I said to the guy sarcastically that was scanning for illicit communication devices in the room, oh, my God, look at all those weapons, to which he replied with an open mouth, aghast, saying, yes, that's really serious stuff. <laughs> People are just idiots. So, of course, Mali was all about um, total oil. Uh, that's why the French went in there, you know, because this is all about their, this is their oil turf. And what happens, and this, this just blew me away, International donors, including over almost two billion uh, from the European Union, but international donors have pledged four point twenty-two billion dollars. So this is your money too, by the way. Everyone's in on this, but mainly the Europeans, the EU. The people have no jobs in the EU, but they're sending this money to Mali. To uh, here it is to help Mali recover from a conflict with Al Qaeda linked Islamists exceeding the West African country's target. They've is because of terrorism. They're sending your tax money, people in in uh, Euroland, to Mali, but <laughs> but not to help the Malis or the Malians Malians, but to give it to international companies. 
to build stuff that will benefit private organizations, mainly BP and Total Oil. The EU's executive commission, God knows who they are, will allocate allocate 524 million euros to, to Mali. Large pledges by France, the United States, Britain, what are we Germany, got to do with it? Why are they taking Denmark, our money? the Netherlands, the Islamic Development Bank, and others. Well, I got to keep our eye on that one. In in others enabled the West African country to exceed its goal of raising 2 billion euros. Hey, do you think it'll be just like Haiti? Why don't you send them some cholera? People seem to like that when you do that. That's really cool. And then, uh, while we're on it, they're so desperate to get something going in Syria that now we have uh, videos of the guy eating the guy's heart. Did you see that? This is new. Yeah, oh yeah. So, but it's a rebel, which is interesting. Cuts out the soldier's heart and eats it. <laughs> on camera. <laughs> this is like what is this? This is a this is this was obviously staged to get people into that. Uh, what I think it was the second or third Indiana Jones movie, where the guy pulls the heart out of the person. Well, I don't know. is it a movie promotion? No, I, I don't think it's a movie promotion. Well, maybe it yeah. might be a movie about yeah. this sort of thing. But I'm just saying that's it's kind of a reminiscence. So, so but you go, also, oh, that's terrible. But it's also something that uh, throughout history, uh, warriors have uh, have been known to eat uh, eat their enemies to make them stronger. This is nothing new. I mean, it's just now we're all shocked by it, but it's nothing new. Uh, but it's just like we're so desperate to get attention for the Syria deal, which nobody cares about because Angelina Jolie cut her tits off. Who cares? Uh, and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, uh, has okayed a $1.3 billion loan for Cyprus. Good work. Good work, everybody. You know, that's after they stole the money, and then they get yeah, more money. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Got a lot of feedback from um, from people on the, uh, on the war on 3D printers. A lot of agreement... A lot of people saying, wow, you know, you have no idea how huge these printers are for what we do. You know, and there's so many companies are against this. This is a big lobby. And now and but still no one's really been able to tell me much about um, this. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cody, Cody Wilson. Now, now, a few things that are interesting to note. Um, and Sir Luke sent us this. So th- first of all, this liberator is is kind of a. A throwback to the FP-45 Liberator, which was a very cheap single-shot gun manufactured by the U.S. Uh, or for, for by the U.S. military during World War II. And the idea was, you know, you, you drop a whole bunch of these things uh, so the guys could, uh, you know, if they were behind en- enemy lines, they could pick one up. It was a forty-five caliber single-shot and, and uh, you know, range, accuracy range about three feet. But you could use it to go, you know, go up and kill a guy and then grab his gun. So calling it the Liberator, I mean, a lot of people picked up on this. Like, oh, hold on a second. But then in Finland, um, they printed, they, they took uh, Cody Wilson's CAD files. They printed the 3D Liberator. There's a great video of it in the show notes, 513.nashownotes.com. They fire it, thing explodes. <laughs> <laughs> you look, the bullet goes poop, 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 poop. The thing, it just, it, it ex- explodes the minute they pull the trigger. Yeah. So it's a piece yeah. of crap. 
And I have a, I have a feeling that that maybe it's just a kill. It's a, like a suicide gun. And so here's some. Someone sent me a very interesting email this morning. Let me see who that was. Um, Michael, producer Michael. Adam, I'm listening to the Sunday, May 12th, No Agenda episode. I honestly had never heard of 3D printing, uh, let alone that in conjunction with gun manufacturing. I heard you discuss there not being any real info in the book of knowledge about Cody R. Wilson, outside of a bio supposedly about him, a more American-born blah, blah, blah. So I went onto the video book of knowledge, the YouTubes, and found the 3D printed guns documentary. This is the uh, click print gun documentary which was done over i think a year and a half ago uh when uh see in watching it i picked up on what i to believe an accent so i closed my eyes and listened to cody speak i believe he is from australia or somewhere in the uk i'm pretty good at detecting accents even disguised ones like you always say words matter but what also matters to me is pronunciation taking a look at the documentary I think it holds more clues as to where this gentleman is really from and uh-huh. about his backers' true intentions. I'd be willing to bet he is not American-born. Um, and I listened. Do you want to listen to a little bit? I, yeah. I can. I think I, I've only been Texas in Texas for you know, 14, 15 months, and it sounds a little Texan, but wow, does it sound. Does he sound Australian once? I have to agree. Listen. Uh-huh. So this is my warehouse. Even the way he says sir. Did you hear that right off the bat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sir, this is my warehouse. It's like Julian Assange, which puts a whole nother uh, uh, connotation to it. So this is my warehouse. God, that sounds British. Basically, it's a space that we've been using since August. We have a 3D printer on site, which means you know, when you get a federal firearms license, your activity and the location are all tied together. Okay. With- uh, I'm going to d- d- disagree. Uh, because he sounds enough like Elon Musk to make me think he's South African, which would make a lot of sense because this is where these guns are going to end up ooh, in Africa. Ooh, South Africa. That could be true, too. That could be true. Well, so you're you're not really disagreeing. You're saying it's just not Australia. Right. Let's listen. I, I, but so I could pick up on South African. I didn't really catch that. Let me listen. The license, so I can't have the license and go do things somewhere else. I have to have it at a location. And this is the object uh, connects printer that we've been using from the very beginning. Our very first low receiver is printed here. I hooked it up to an upper and fired it. So the project begins and no one will listen to you. And no one will listen to you. I don't think it's South African, John. I know South African. It sounds a lot like Elon Musk and he's South African. South African's not, you know, it's not... Yeah, but it's more of a South Africans sing more because we have here at the market, we have the happy vegans with their pastries and they're South African. And this is not. This okay, is, well, I'm just saying it would yeah. make more sense, but it could be anything. But it's not helping us still. And we know he's not from around here, we can say. But. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm crowdsourcing this in the chat room right now. Let's continue for another 30 seconds. Okay, so this is a test. Oh, by the way, uh, people in the chat room. Um, 513.nashownotes.com isn't live until after the show is published. Duh. I think they're printed lower with an AR-57 upper. You fight just to be heard. You break it, and then something changes, and then you're heard. We hypothesized a gun control future. Right? Even even when they weren't coming right. for us. You said that three or four months ago. That's right. Joe Biden. This is no country for old men. 
We really don't think it's a stunt, man. I, I think the state's now making it easier for us to prove this point, whatever this permanent assault weapon ban is going to be. How's that national conversation going? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Whatever. We'll anyway, figure it out eventually. I thought, uh, well, we still I, know what he's up to. Yeah. The gun can't fire once. The little pistol is useless. It's certainly weird that there's, uh, that there's no real bio on him. Law student. Yeah. So I found a couple of interesting things. Uh, Aaron Burnett had a uh, <laughs> a little report on Gitmo, and I just want I just want to play this because this is a. As you recall, our president uh, said the first thing he was going to do be, when he came, became president was shut down Gitmo. And you'd think with the rationale that what it costs, do you have any idea what do you, what does it cost to keep a prisoner in a Texas jail, for example? You know. Yeah, well, I saw this report, so I won't give it away. But in Texas jail, I think it's about seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Well, that's per high. Most jails about forty. Yeah, but you know, but we're Texas, man. We do things big here. So let's play this cost to get Mo clip. Continue to believe that we've got to close Guantanamo. It costs taxpayers about twenty-five thousand dollars a year to keep someone in federal prison at a supermax high-security prison where convicted terrorists are held. The tab can top sixty thousand dollars. Sounds expensive. Until you compare it to what it costs here at Guantanamo Bay. It costs $900,000 per prisoner per year to hold detainees. So each man in Gitmo is equal to the cost of operating three months of White House tours. Four Guantanamo detainees would pay for training one new Air Force pilot. CNN got exclusive access inside the cell blocks of camps five and six. But what we don't see here is camp seven, the ultra secretive compound where Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and other high value detainees are being kept. It's totally off limits to the media, but it may hold the clue to what the Obama administration really has planned for Guantanamo Bay. Officials won't divulge details on potential renovations to Camp 7. I'll simply say that there there is a need. I mean, uh, the, the, the facilities are, are in need of upgrade and replacement. The military is asking for $50 million to build a new Camp 7. Does that suggest that uh, this isn't closing anytime soon? We have to always plan to conduct that mission. Anyway, so they're building building the place up. Yeah, and most of the cost it turns out is because we have bad relations with Cuba because they could just outsource. They apparently, you have to ship the food in there from the United States. Well, you, you know got- what we have there? We have there's a McDonald's, Domino's. There's a shopping mall. This, this I have to remind you know you don't see this, uh, but Guantanamo Bay is a paradise. If you get shipped off there to go work, it's great. The weather's nice. You got you know you got uh, uh, a Dillard's. I mean everything's there. We need to get some photos of the not of the prison because you're not going to get those, no. Well, you know, the, who, I know town. Can, I know. Can, I have photos of the green zone. It's the same thing. Yeah, uh, big right. ass blonde you're, will you're send right. it to us. She just got back from Gitmo, or she's on her way back. She tried to get us to, to visit the big ass blonde from San Antonio. Oh, the big ass blonde. Mm-hmm. Oh, she sent me a note. Actually, I'd love to visit. I'd, I'd like to go to Cuba. I'd like to visit with her. <laughs> I'll tell you. I got a new uh, Sharpton uh, idiotic comment. Oh, fantastic! We'll put it in our seg- in our melody medley. Uh, play it. Yeah, hit it. Could this ultimately end up backfiring on the Republicans? Are they over jumping the runway here? 
<laughs> well, he's clued in. What is over jumping the runway? It's a technical term that happens when you're flying. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I'm going to put her right, I'm going to land here. Oh, I over jumped the runway. Oh, damn it. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> but he knows. Uh, was this in in relation to uh, any of these scandals? Was this in relation to yeah, the IRS scandals? Scandal? Yeah, so he knows. He's already been clued in. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. Dr. Fauci, uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just had to play it. Just had, just had to, once in a while, you just got to play that thing. <laughs> so the Australians have got something going on with Dubai. Uh, there apparently has been a deal done with uh, Qantas and Emirates Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start making Dubai, which is still a long haul from Australia, the, uh, the 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 destination if you want to go on vacation, and it, now it turns out that you don't really want to go there, especially if you're a woman. And you can just play the the opening clip, which is Dubai one, and then I'll play clip two. The dark side of Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. It promotes itself as a desert paradise and is set to become a mecca for Aussie travellers. But don't be deceived by the apparent tolerance of Western ways because fall foul of Sharia law and you're in a whole world of trouble. Just like Australian Alicia Ghali jailed because she was raped. This special investigation from Ross Coulthard. Anyway, it goes on with this long story about this poor woman who worked at the W Hotel, Mm. and she was raped by a bunch of employees, gang-raped, actually. Really? and Holy it was crap. all men, and she she was told not to go to the police because they'll throw her in jail. <laughs> well, and then somebody no, no somebody women? else advised her, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Go to the police. She went to the police. She got eight years in jail. And uh, <laughs> Wow. I've been to Dubai on vacation. It was the biggest mistake ever. Yeah, it's a, it's a very it's sketchy place. It's a boring now, you, place. You can play Dubai clip, and this is just another, just to show you what an extreme it is, this clip has a uh, with four male thing. friends charlotte came here for a late night snack after an evening out earlier she'd given Eamon, a fellow londoner a friendly kiss on the cheek to say hello code blue they finished their meal they paid and left only to be stopped by the police Were they arrested you? yeah there and then on the spot what did they accuse you of they didn't say anything at first. They didn't say anything. Um, we got driven to Jabal Ali police station and they called us in one by one. And then he was just asking me like what I'd been doing that evening. So I said, you know, we've just been out, like got some food. He was like, were you kissing him? And I was like, no. And he's like, did you kiss him? And I was like, well, we would have kissed on the cheeks to say hi. But apparently as soon as I said we kissed on the cheek, that was it. It was like kissing on the cheek is illegal. Charlotte spent 23 days behind bars before being deported. Hold on, I've got to put some serious music behind us for this. All right. So I, I, these are good stories, and I'm not sure who's behind them or why, because you'd think they'd be promoting the Qantas uh, connection. Uh, but I think it's probably the Indonesians, because the the place of that they want to send the Australians is Bali, of course. That's right, where they really right, they normally right. go. So I suspect there's some foul play behind these reports, but these reports are probably true. And I want to remind, I think I may have told you this before, I took an Emirates flight once, 
And I, it, it's not, you know, and it's always rated by an airline magazine. It's the greatest airline, and it's not. It's, <laughs> it's one of the good airlines, but it's not the greatest. The greatest airlines are either Cathay Pacific or Singapore, those guys. Yeah. So, But what they do is you get on the plane, and they walk down the aisle with the magazine and the and the and the page that says nominate your favorite carrier and they literally make you sign the <laughs> document with their name at the time. Do you want good service on this flight? <laughs> I just thought that was a, hilarious. Wasn't Bali where a whole bunch of Australians were killed in a bomb? Yeah, by uh, a Muslim uh, yeah. group. Yeah, that was, so that's what it was all about, huh? That was promotion for Dubai. Yeah, maybe. Some, maybe some battle going on between Dubai and these other destinations. But Dubai, I, I, if I was a woman, I, I probably wouldn't go there. It's not. I found it to be, you know, this is back in the money days. And I stayed at the Burj Al Arab. And it was, everything was so perfect, it was boring. It was boring and it's nowhere to go. And, you know, women are not welcome. Right. This, the whole place is just icky. It's cool that they pick you up in a in a Rolls Royce at the airport. That was cool. Yeah, no, it's got it's uh, it's a lot of money. I mean, the the Holiday yeah. Inn in Dubai is gold plated. I yeah. mean, I'd say the Holiday Inn. I didn't stay at the Holiday Inn, but I went and visited it to meet for a meeting. And the Holiday Inn, it was like well, this is a Holiday yeah. Inn. Yeah. Everything was gold. What do you think about the the Rubicon music? Is that working for us? No, I don't no, like it. I don't either. At least we tried. Yeah, it's a little too. Uh, we, it's not that we're not the we're not doing a Rubicon like show. We're kind of light, but we're <laughs> we have to mock the main news guys who who are putting music behind their chit chat. Yeah, well, I was trying, but it wasn't funny. It was just as boring as as the main guys as Dubai. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's well, all I got. Um, well, um, Indonesia is interesting um, because I think that we've also been droning in Indonesia, which no one is talking about, um, and. Tuna, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, did you? So you know that uh, Pakistan had an election. You, were you were you aware of this? I mean, I'm sure yeah, you were too yeah. busy thinking about Angelina Jolie. So Pakistan had uh, had an election. The president comes out with a statement. Uh, I congratulate the people of Pakistan on the successful completion of yesterday's parliamentary elections. The United States, the United States stands with all Pakistanis in welcoming this historic, peaceful, transparent. Transparent transfer of civilian power, which is a significant milestone in Pakistan's democratic process. By conducting competitive campaigns, freely exercising your democratic rights and perspective, persevering during imitimina, violent extremists, you have a firm commitment. We get a, we have people who uh, live in Pakistan, um, who uh, from time to time, you know, our, our producer who tried to get a shot of the compound before they tore it down, of the Bin Laden compound right. in yeah. Ahmedabad. Have we heard from him recently? Yes, he sends me an email. Okay. I am so depressed right now. It was so bear in mind what the president just said. Great work. Lovely. You're transparent. Everything is great there in Pakistan. Our producer says, I'm so depressed right now. It was election day yesterday in Pakistan. The popular vote should have gone to Imran Khan. But on election day there was rampant corruption. Some examples are armed people walking into polling stations and shooting into the air. When everyone ran away, they filled in ballot papers and stuffed the box. In certain polling stations, the doors were locked to stop people from entering the building. In certain areas, there was a 100% voter turnout. And all of those magical 100% voter turnout stations went to the government. 
the, the, the incumbents. There were people stationed at polling stations to guide people in the voting process, meaning they would take their ballot, stamp the right candidate, and put in the ballot for them into the box. Videos on the Internet showing whole boxes of ballots being thrown out or burned. Another video showing women voters so mad at the police and army rangers assigned to stop corruption who were not doing anything, they took off their jewelry and presented it to the cops and army to shame them and say, here, you should wear these and stay home. And he uh, put a link into, uh, a, which I put in the show notes. You can, because this is the, kind of the first time that we have video of all this taking place in, uh, in Pakistan. And um, I just wanted to point out that, you know, these sham elections and our president is like, hey, good work. Great. Transparent. Everything's fantastic. United States and Pakistan have a long history of working together on mutual interests like killing people with drones. And my administration looks forward to continue our cooperation with the Pakistani government. And so it could not be further from the truth. It was not a not a transparent election. It was a scam. Oh, that's being reported on all the news shows. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. No, it's oh, not. Gee. And my favorite, uh, in I don't know if you caught this, in all of these um, emails that are now being released by the most transparent government in the history of mankind, apparently the emails uh, now show that not a single U.S. sailor witnessed bin Laden's secret burial at sea. There are no photos. No one can find them. I, and I thought people in Congress had seen them. Uh, but now it turns out that they can't. The Pentagon can't even find pictures, <laughs> or or any of the DNA testing materials. How nuts yeah. is that? Yeah, the guy's shaved his beard, got a new haircut. He's working in one of the offices <laughs> there in D.C. But it's in the emails. No one cares. No, no one cares. All right. Uh, yeah, the, the narrative works. On the public. It does. And uh, following up on our Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me, uh, this is being removed from the New York military armory. The flag? Yeah. It's an important historic flag. No, no. It's racist now. What? Yeah. It's racist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's racist. Uh, uh-huh. Official uh, U.S. name. Let's see. A group of New York veterans. So the, uh, the city of New Rochelle, New York, has removed the Gadsden "Don't Tread on Me" flag from the New Rochelle Armory after the city council refused to let a veterans organization display the flag. The United Veterans Memorial and Patriotic Association. Oh, call yourself a patriot. Can't be. Can't uh, be doing that. Work. Big mistake. Is fighting the decision. Uh, let's see. Well, they're removing it. Yeah, it's. it's you can't do it. It's racist. It's like the Union Jack. It's racist. You're racist. Because, you know, it's like racist towards, I don't know, snakes? Uh, non-rattlesnakes? Snakes. I snakes. I don't know. It's snakes. It's really it's it's really quite quite sad where we are. It's disturbing. All right. Uh, well, the only thing you have to remember, you know. What? Dvorak.org slash N-A? Love, it's the most powerful thing on the planet. That's all you got to remember, people. Dvorak.org slash NA is what you're supposed to remember. That's right. Spread the love. Give us some love. And uh, please do that for Sunday's show, Dvorak.org slash NA. It is critical to the continuation of our program. If you feel you got any kind of value, consider what you spend your money on, and maybe you can uh, change what you do, you know, 
Starbucks, two coffees, movies, maybe your cable bill. Shoot, I don't know. Maybe you subscribe to something stupid. Uh, anyway, enjoying my pre-deadness here in uh, Austin, Texas. I say to all of you, adios, mofos, and in the morning. I'm out. And ice from northern Silicon Valley, where uh, everyone is uh, just pleased as punch because things are going so well. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we will talk to you again on Sunday. Please support us, Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, in the morning, everybody. The No Agenda Show, like a kick to the crotch. Dvorak.org slash N-A